This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. All you have to do is dial in toll-free at 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, freetalklive.com. You can actually create the content of the website, what you see there on the front page, uh, these numbered items, you can vote on them. Vote them up, vote them down. The most voted up, make it to the front page of the site so you can submit new things to the site. Uh, you find something online that you think is interesting, you just submit it as show prep, and then others can vote on it. And again, the most popular, make it to the front and the top. At freetalklive.com, here with you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. Uh, so much to discuss, uh, lots on the table here uh, tonight. Coming up, we're going to uh, tell you about uh, some... I think we got some school-related issues. Uh, apparently, a New Jersey middle school has banned something that lots of humans do, hugging. We'll tell you more about that. And then, Mark, you've got another disturbing school-related story. We'll get to that as well. 855-450-FREE is the toll-free number here. But I mentioned last night that there was some news about uh, the radio business, our business, and it's interesting news, and I want to share that with you here. And, of course, uh, you're welcome to chime in, bring up whatever's on your mind at 855-453. You actually sent me this one, Mark. It's uh, news about so-called uh, low-power FM stations or community radio stations. I find these very interesting. They're, they tend to be low wattage, nothing nothing fancy, but, you know, a few hundred to uh, maybe a thousand watts, something something like that. LPFM is max 100 watts, is if it, I'm not mistaken. I've seen, uh, you know, I, I thought that we were talking about uh, something larger. I've seen uh, LPFMs, uh, you know, lower-powered FMs springing up in markets around, and I thought that, that was what it was. So this is uh, from rawstory.com. A Federal Communications Commission decision issued on Monday will clear the runway for hundreds of new community radio stations that broadcast on low-power FM signals, bringing progressive community voices to urban areas that have for decades only known what's been broadcast by major corporations and America's political right. In other words, the dismantling of Rush Limbaugh was just the beginning, and the whole FM dial is next. Rush, Rush Limbaugh's being dismantled? I, I didn't realize. Well, I think that uh, people on, uh, you know, on the left are looking at the Rush Limbaugh situation where he called the, uh, the, I guess, the college lady a slut, as we discussed a couple weeks ago. I love that this 30-year-old woman gets called a college student. <laughs> she is going to college, isn't she? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> so if she'd have been 80 and gone up there and uh, testified she'd and still, still be been called to college, student. would she be a college student? Yeah, of course she would. Yeah, I think that they're trying to paint a picture with a terminology college student. I don't think that's so. Not an, you, don't, you don't think that they're trying to paint a thing. picture by saying saying it's a college student it's an accurate thing to say she it is accurate it abs- absolutely is accurate but you know if she's a political operative maybe they should just call her that i see where you're coming from on that is she i guess she is is she a political operative i don't know anything it's, about her so i understand that she's been politically active gotcha. and you know um and she's a she's a community organizer i see so anyway, they say here you, you can you can understand where the perspective of the story is coming from. Obviously, it's yes. not this isn't exactly a news piece. Okay, there's definitely opinion uh, in here. Anyway, they say the whole FM dial is next, and I'd have to say that I think they're probably a little bit too overzealous with their reporting in, on the, this one. <laughs> the demise of radio is uh, you know maybe a little too early. Yeah. What, was one it thing that 20? you can tell about this Rush Limbaugh situation is just how relevant AM radio is today. Okay. 
I mean, you know, AM radio AM at radio, this point yeah. has been shoved right onto the front pages of newspapers and, uh, you know, web pages across America. Limbaugh's not just on AM, though. The most talk stations are getting on FM signals. Certainly these days. they are, but that's mostly AM. A- Rush Limbaugh made AM relevant, and uh, this it's controversy true. with R- Rush Limbaugh has made AM that much more prescient. Well, I, I would say, say it's more more like making talk radio uh, more relevant or acknowledging how relevant uh, talk yeah, radio is. Uh, so the FCC's decision on Monday wipes away a massive backlog of applications for FM repeater stations, which are transmitters that repeat signals broadcast by corporate and religious radio operators, many of which rake in big listening audiences for right-wing syndicated talk shows. So according to, uh, let's see here, Stephen Renderos, national organizer with the Center for Media Justice, he told Raw Story that so what a lot of right-wing conservative radio stations have been able to do is expand their reach out in communities by just having these translators out in the wild, which is why Rush Limbaugh gets the type of audience that he has. I wouldn't say that's true. Uh, first of all, Rush Limbaugh has the audience he has because he's been at it for 20 plus years. Uh, he started in the early 1990s, you know, late night, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah, but some of the reason that he has a large audience is because there are suddenly so many stations to listen to. And so if you're right. in a particular marketplace that only has one or tops two talkers, and I'm not counting sports talkers, um, if you only have one talker, basically, um, in your marketplace, that talker is going to carry Rush Limbaugh. And what are you going to listen to from noon to three in Eastern time? Totally understand what you're saying, but that's, that has nothing to do with what this uh, so-called expert said from the Center for Media Justice. Well, yes, He said uh, that the reason why Rush Limbaugh has the audience he has is because they're putting out translators. I mean, I'm sorry, that's not, uh, <laughs> that's not the reason Rush Limbaugh has a large audience. The reason he has a large audience is because he has a huge corporation behind him, Premier Radio Networks, and he's got a big budget, and they've, you know, there's, there's been 20 years of promoting this guy. I mean, he's... He's, you know, he didn't have a large audience on day one. <laughs> he got to where he is today because, you know, he's entertaining as for, to, to some so, people's mind. And, he, you know, they added station after I station after great. station and got up to 600. That's why he has a lot, large audience. It has nothing to do with the fact that they have repeater stations. Well, I think that, <laughs> um, you know, so repeater stations have been. Uh, everything you've said, I just don't agree with. All right. Rush what Limbaugh, part do you disagree I think with? Uh, I'm telling you right now. Uh, first off, I think he's a great broadcaster. It's clear that he's risen to the top of his, uh, in, uh, uh, of his area, and you know, there's a reason. Secondly, these repeater stations are licensed by the FCC. The, the FCC keeps down the amount of stations that are in a given marketplace. Mm-hmm. And if, they're, you know, if a repeater station pops into a market rather than a local station, even if there are t- two talkers in a market, you only have two things to listen to. Imagine a television with two channels. I mean, you're talking 60, 70 years ago. The FCC is keeping radio back in the, the, oh, the I- Eisenhower era. And the reason that Rush Limbaugh is able to do well, if there were 10 talkers in a given market, with low power FM, Rush Limbaugh would not have the reach that he does. So, Maybe. yeah, translators have a, a lot of importance in this in this conversation. Well, I the don't fact see that how that's the, those translators hold a dial position. That right. dial position could be held by a low power FM. Okay, I get the point that you're making, but that doesn't that doesn't negate what I said. I mean, I think we're we're talking past one another here. 
wouldn't you agree that Rush Limbaugh is successful today in the way he is because they've been at it for 20 years and they've added station after station after station? I mean, no, because you're only talking about part of it. Yes, Rush Limbaugh might I very well be the, the could... most listened to talk show and host in America, but his audience would be half of what it is today I understand if, what they you're saying. Had, if people had a d- choice as to what they listened to. I get it, Mark. I understand what you're saying, but there's... Okay, look, it's true that the FCC regulates so artificially... So the difference the, between the supply side and demand side of the scenario. It's true that the FCC regulates the amount of stations in any given market. There's no doubt about that. But there are always more than one or two stations in any given marketplace, and any of them, could be, any of them could be a talk station if they wanted to be. They just, you know, they want to choose to be something different. Because who wants to cut up the pie? I understand that. Look, you're, you're making a good point. I want to have free radio just like anybody else does. And I agree with you that his, his pie piece wouldn't be as large if there were more competitors in the market. There's no doubt about that. But the existence of translators isn't the reason here, as this guy says, this is why Rush Limbaugh gets the audience he has. Not because they've got a 50-watt translator yes, in your town. It's a no. true statement. It's a true statement if it is part of the truth of the statement. The reason that he has the audience that he has, because if you took out, a, you know, if there were five different reasons why Rush Limbaugh has the audience he had, and you removed one of those reasons, thus removing 20% of the audience, you would be removing the audience that Rush Limbaugh has and replacing it with 80% of the audience that Rush Limbaugh has. The toll-free has. number here is 855 Free. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up what you want. I'm sorry, Mark. He has the audience he has because they worked to get radio stations on board to carry his show. Some of those stations have translators. Some of them don't. The translators are a very minor part of this whole perspective. More coming up here. You can take control. Free Talk Live. Here on Free Talk Live, we've been pretty excited about the Bitcoin. It's a decentralized, free market digital currency. You can learn more about it at weusecoins.com. But if you already have some Bitcoins and you'd like to spend them, you can spend them at SpendBitcoins.com. When you spend Bitcoins on Amazon via SpendBitcoins.com, Free Talk Live gets a cut. Or if you're an Australian trying to figure out how to buy Bitcoins, you can buy them with cash at au.SpendBitcoins.com. Once again, that's SpendBitcoins.com. This is Free Talk Live. Bring up what you want toll-free at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL-CAI toll-free line. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site there completely free, so enjoy those on us. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. And here with you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. Uh, Don't forget, you can also dial in toll-free, 855-450-FREE. And uh, join us over at freetalklive.com. Join more than half a million people who've trusted LegalZoom.com for their common legal documents. You can incorporate your business, create a will or a living trust, even register a uh, a trademark. Empowering you and protecting you with common legal documents that people trust, LegalZoom.com. If you use coupon code FTL, you can save $10 off your order at LegalZoom.com. Again, it's LegalZoom.com. All right, so we continue here. Uh, we were talking about some radio-related stuff, uh, how apparently there's some, some news in the world of what they call low-power FMs, and it may make for a more diversified radio dial, which I think would be a good thing. Uh, we'll get back into some more about that here in a moment. We've also got Keith on the line in New York City. Keith, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind tonight? How's it going? Thanks for doing the show. Sure. Go ahead. 
Uh, I just wanted to talk about uh, taxes, actually, for an American government class. Um, I was uh, given the assignment to propose a new tax code, and uh, I think I could do that in two sentences. Uh, first one just being that taxes are theft and probably arbitrary, and uh, we should just seed or sell the assets over to private entities to manage them better. But I imagine that's probably considered not responsive as a uh, as an assignment. Well, I don't so know. That sounds like a good. I'd give you an started. A, A plus. <laughs> good job. Of course you would. <laughs> but uh, I, I just want to kind of start um, some examination around where infrastructure spending would come from in a voluntary society, um, because uh, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around it since it's all uh, theory. Well, it, it is it is certainly a theory, there's no doubt, and that's one of the things that, uh, you know, sort of the monopoly of government disallows, is that uh, for people to try different things in, in given areas. Um, you know, in the United States, federal government has decided that they're going to uh, decide everything from health care to roads to, you know, everything um, in your life, and they're going to micromanage as far down as they possibly can. And frankly, they're going overseas and uh, telling other governments how they have to do things, and, you know, they've they're not stopping at the borders of the united states they're they're going on and on um and this is the monopoly that is government taxes are theft because they demand that you pay them um for things that you may or may not want otherwise you know i I want roads i want fire protection with federal government doesn't do that necessarily uh, but they do hand down uh, restrictions for fire departments and tell them you know certainly have regulations and that kind of thing but, you know, I want all these things. I'd just to like to see some competition in the marketplace. I believe that competition creates innovation and, and, and those kind of things. Well, okay, so we know that uh, in the market, if people want something, they generally are provided it by people willing to uh, provide service or product in hopes of making a profit at sure. it. Sure. Uh, so I guess the question is, what issue, I mean, what specifically do you want to look at or where, can we yeah. drill down what, a little what further? What infrastructure do you want to talk about, I think, is probably where, sh- where we yeah. should start. Uh, since we picked infrastructure, why don't we move uh, to roads? Okay. So, uh, I mean, you can look in Southern California. There's all kinds of examples of private roads. You can look at uh, theme parks like Disney World, uh, you know, larger uh, big businesses that cover large uh, tracts of land, and you can see that they hey, they cover roads. Um, you can see that in private uh uh, you know, housing complexes, they cover roads. As a matter of fact, in some cases, in order to get the uh, approval to build their complex, they have to build the road and then give it to the government. Otherwise, the government won't give them a piece of paper that mm-hmm. says that you can build. But, you know, roads can very easily be built and maintained um, in a private marketplace, uh, you know, essentially creating a small government, if that's what you want to call it, a voluntary government where people move in. I mean, you know, roads are geographically specific uh, things, and I think that you would need a geographically specific entity to cover them. So if you say we went into, you and I moved into a hundred house, uh, you know, unit um, in different locations, well, there would probably be a governing body that would cover that road, maybe a homeowners association or, a, you know, another agency of some sort or another, and they would decide how those roads would be meted out. There are problems. Problems with private roads. They're, um, you know, when they're when they don't have a governing body on them. Sometimes people will own chunks of the road going out to the middle of the road. Well, if you have uh, a person who's, you know, at the beginning of a dead end road, they're like, I don't want to pay to fix the end of the dead end road. I don't drive down there. I only drive in the first part portion, so that everybody has to drive across their bumpy portion if they don't want to pay for it and that kind of thing. If you 
Right. How do you deal with the old curmudgeon who just doesn't want to repair his right. road? If you have five right. people on a dead end road and uh, the first guy says, I don't want to be part of an equally, you know, a 20 percent share, uh, you know, a little company that takes care of the road. I only use the first fifth of it. So you've got, uh, you know, you have some some difficulties, but those things would have to be set up prior to and people would opt into them. Right. When you were buying the property, if you were uh, when you're if you're creating this you know, neighborhood from scratch, then obviously you'd figure all that out in advance. And if you are buying into it later on, if you're buying a property that's for sale in that neighborhood or in that area, then it would come along with certain terms and contractual agreements as far as, well, here's, you know, you have to allow these people on the road and you you have to... You know, keep it up with this particular level of maintenance, etc. Or it could be that uh, the road is kind of uh, contracted out to a road company. I mean, a lot of places probably won't want to deal with the road. They'll just hire somebody to, to handle it or, or they'll sell the road to uh, another a handler. There are all kinds of problems with roads as they exist today. I mean, when you look at uh, toll roads, um, you think that they're a great idea, but most toll roads are paying for, uh, you know, are, are for one, the, the amount that toll takers get because they're government employees is tremendous. And um, second, you know, and there's no, no uh, impetus to put an automation or anything like that to get people um, to, to stop paying for toll takers and uh secondly you know once the uh, road's paid for do they stop the toll taking no, no of course they don't um so they they just it's a taxation um you know uh, venue when you take a look at uh, say a state road i live off off of a state road and in my town there's all kinds of people from other states driving up and down that road that don't pay for it so why in the world am, am i paying state taxes on a regular basis to upkeep a road that other people are using is it to you know, help those businesses that do nothing to help me. Well, that could be where a lot of uh, road funding comes from. Is from the businesses that are actually on the road right. to bring customers into their business. I mean, what business doesn't want to make it as easy as possible for a customer to find them and get to them? Think uh, about so this for a, a second. Um, is advertising right on the road itself? I mean, with uh, increased technology in the area of marketplace, why wouldn't businesses you mean on the blacktop? Well, it wouldn't be black anymore, dude. Um, <laughs> why wouldn't the road have different things written on it? You know, McDonald's. Three three and a half miles ahead, right there on the road. Can you imagine? Could, yeah. At that, that, this point, you're not talking about people paying for roads anymore. Yeah, it's not as pretty as, uh, say, your idyllic uh, country road, but it doesn't cost what your idyllic country road costs either because go. somebody's paying for it. So, Keith, does that help you at all? No, well, certainly is a great point to start. Just wanted to have the discussion. Well, yeah, and as far as getting in, you know, digging in deeper, there's a lot. Obviously, there's a lot to this issue, and as you might imagine, a lot has been written on this issue because yeah. the roads are one of those big objections that people bring up right out the gate when you start talking about transitioning to a consensual society. There's an economist. Uh, his name's Ben Powell and Benjamin Powell, and you can uh, look him up. He's written uh, extensively on roads, and you know, of course, there's others too. Yeah, that'd be great to uh, to check that out. Uh, Keith, thanks for the call. Good luck with the uh, the paper and appreciate hearing from you tonight. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind and take control of the airwaves. This is Free Talk Live. Do you have a product or service that you can sell to a national audience? Free Talk Live is a nationally syndicated radio program on more than 100 radio stations coast to coast. We've been named to Talkers Magazine's Heavy 100 list. That's the 100 most important radio talk shows in the nation thrice. And five times the best political podcast from podcastawards.com. You can have access to our more than 100 radio stations and our large and loyal podcast audience for less than $1,000 a month. Contact me, Mark, at freetalklive.com. 
This is Free Talk Live. You may take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so you may enjoy those on us if you like over at freetalklive.com. And, of course, 855-453 is the number here. By the way, some of the features include the Shrine of Female listeners, the dozens of ladies who've taken the time to send in their validated photo or video showing that they are listeners of this program. Go to shrine.freetalklive.com. Go to gold.freetalklive.com if you want to pick up some uh, precious some precious metals, whether it's uh, coins or pieces. Uh, coins are things made by governments, and uh, pieces are things made by those of us that they could throw in jail for making something round and calling it a coin. Um, but you can get gold and silver into your hands and uh, get it expeditiously at gold.freetalklive.com. Some of the best rates I think you'll find on the Internet is gold.freetalklive.com. When you buy from gold.freetalklive.com, you help Free Talk Live. It's gold.freetalklive.com. As we continue, we will take your calls about what you want. Crichton is on the line in Louisville. Crichton, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. How are you guys doing tonight? Hey, Crichton, what's on your mind? Oh, you're talking about private roads, and I wanted to bring up the, the fact that uh, whether they're private or not, there are most roads, most states have regulations for the roads, which is effectively a de facto control and subsidy for people who drive in the sense that. Um, if you think about how cars looked before uh, the roads were, were uh, state-standardized, where people expected to occasionally be driving on a poorly made road or gravel road, the cars invariably had uh, taller wheels and fatter wheels and higher wheelbase. Mm-hmm. So, it, so these regulations become a subsidy for the people that want to buy those fast, low cars that couldn't survive on a bad road. Absolutely hmm. true. Um, you know, I mean, when it comes down to it, never thought of that. Yeah, when when people have these low slung, um, fast cars with the um, with the big tires that uh, cost extra because the rims are huge and and the the rubber's like a rubber band just going around it. Um, you know, they it requires a certain pavement. These things are meant for racetracks almost. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, why should I, who drive a four-wheel vehicle that can handle just about anything, be paying to subsidize that? Sure, I don't want any scratches on my vehicle either, but... I think that uh, I think you're right it, that you know roads have to be maintained even more for the uh, the, the the higher end vehicles. Yes, and that that brings up the question about the the old curmudgeon who doesn't want to maintain the section of road out in front of his house. That's not really that that's kind of the point is that he shouldn't have to. Yeah, the the, the curmudgeon understand? is supposed to be free to be curmudgeonly, and that's because this is America. Yeah. If if you if you go around life. And everyone else has owns a section of road, and there's there's going to be people that will not fix the road. You you adjust your your driving style. You have a different kind of vehicle. You get a real SUV that is capable of handling that kind of terrain, and you, you get you get away from this kind of this mentality that these. These roads have to look like the Audubon on the freeway. Well, I, I can yeah, tell you right now, I don't know what things are like in Louisville. Well, people want better uh, want better roads, and I think that you're talking about major thoroughfares are probably actually be significantly better. But when you're talking about, uh, say, town roads in rural areas, I get pretty upset with the idea that my tax dollars go to pay for what essentially is a uh, communal driveway servicing 10 p or you know five houses or something like that well you know why should i be taking care of essentially a dead-end road that services five houses Crichton, i don't know what things yeah, are like there in and uh, private roads that are built like that 
uh, are invariably cheaper. They're almost always gravel or yeah. low-end uh, blacktop to do to fit the needs of the people that are there if they're paying for it. But if your city's paying for it, then it has to follow those standards. Yeah. The city standards. Well, that hey, Crichton. Crichton, I don't know what things are like there in Louisville. Maybe they're really awesome roads there. But around here, uh, the city roads suck. And uh, it, you know, during the wintertime, they get even worse. Uh, they they crack up. There's there was frost this, heaves. Yeah, there was this road last year that's a pretty major road out in Keene, out in West Keene, where there were just huge holes in this thing. I mean, people were bottoming out and they're losing their tires and like you know just having all kinds of problems uh, as a result of this huge problems. And uh, so you know, I guess roads vary in different places, but around here, for the amount of money that uh, people pay in property taxes, you'd think we'd have really pristine roads, but they're terrible. So I don't see how the marketplace could uh, could be any worse, uh, or even the uh, the curmudgeonly old man could be any worse than some of these government roads. But all that said, I'd rather have the marketplace decide how to handle this uh, through consensual means, voluntary means. And odds are good that curmudgeonly old man isn't going to own a piece of very important road, because if it were a piece of important road, it would likely be bid out of his hands by the people that were willing to take care of it so they could get their customers to their businesses. It's true. Thanks, Crichton, for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you. 855-450-FREE. I never thought about the idea that uh, a nice road is essentially a subsidy for someone with a fancy car. Yeah, and I, I think that there's, you know, there's different levels of to nice. I, I, you know, I, I think that there should be an acceptable level of road. But, yeah, you know, this really flat kind of perfect road is, uh, is a subsidy to the sports car enthusiast. All right. So uh, again, I don't. I, I think that, like you said, Mark, people want nice roads on which to drive, and uh, therefore that would be provided by people in the marketplace. But if it's just a dead end road and there's only a few houses on it, then it wouldn't make sense to have it be the the tip top shape uh, road. Yeah, you know, I mean, in in my town there are you know what two thousand people or something like that, some some number like that, and most of them live on some relatively major thoroughfare. Um, not not a you know some of them are state roads, some of them are town roads. But they all go someplace. Mm-hmm. And then there's some percentage of the population that's less than 50 percent, I can assure you, probably less than 25 percent, that lives on these, as I described them, essentially communal driveways, roads that go nowhere. Even if it's three roads that really go nowhere attached together, it's still a communal driveway because it's going out to – I mean, there are literally uh, – we just uh, – there was just a situation where a bridge has to get built to go to three houses a wow. bridge. That's now, expensive. These three people aren't paying for this bridge. Yeah. This is somebody politically connected, got the bridge put up at some point or another, and then people built as they would um, on the other side. And now, because the bridge has gotten old, I've got to pay yeah. to fix their bridge. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. The people, if you want to live away from a community, it should be your responsibility to connect yourself back to it. Right. I've got a long driveway. Why doesn't the town pave it? You know, pave it and clear it from the with the snow. I'd love to have a little bridge. There's a piece of property I was looking at that would require a huge bridge to get uh, to get on it. Why don't they put a bridge up there? You when just I don't buy know the right people, Mark. Right. That's what it all comes down to. Toll-free number here, 855-450-FREE. Whether you want to talk about roads or radio, anything goes here on Free Talk Live. We started talking about uh, the FCC's decision from Monday uh, that is supposedly going to open up the radio band to new low-power FM signals. Now, this article over at rawstory.com is written by somebody who's got a, a pretty obvious political perspective. And uh, he is citing someone of the Center for Media Justice 
which is a weird kind of a name. The Center for Media Justice. Media Justice. Uh, saying that Rush Limbaugh has the type of audience he has because the networks take one signal and repeat it over and over across the dial all over the country. They're constantly looking for opportunities to expand that. So there were a slew of these applications pending at the FCC. They're talking about applications for what are called repeaters uh, for FM signals, also translators as well. So, for instance, we have some stations that started on AM and they added uh, a translator, meaning that they added a small FM transmitter that takes the AM signal and rebroadcasts it on FM. Uh, which you know gives you a better sounding uh, quality to the audio sure. and, uh, and puts your signal on FM, which is where 80% of the radio audience is. Most people, certainly younger people, don't even venture onto the AM dial. So for a, a talk radio operation that wants to expand itself and be more relevant in the uh, the off, or in the, uh, the the new century here, it's a smart move to get on FM. Now it says in the beginning of this article that the FCC has wiped away. All of these applications for repeaters, I don't know if that includes the translators. Uh, these are two different types of, uh, of transmitter, basically. Because I sure hope they don't wipe away the applications for translators. I like having my AM stations get on FM. I think that's uh, it's pretty important for getting Free Talk Live out there. Uh, but we'll see what happens here. We'll get a little learn a little bit more about this and what it means for the future of the radio dial, uh, which, of course, the FCC has been busily uh, sort of slowly suffocating over the years. Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office products, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Shop.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, get a great deal, and a portion of your purchase goes to benefit Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon via shop.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number is 855-453, the SACL-CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site for free, so enjoy those. Once again, freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and would like to support Free Talk Live, go to promote.freetalklive.com. You'll find a variety of things you can do there. You can get a free bumper sticker. You can uh, get web graphics, banners. You can get high-res graphics you can use to, I don't know, make a T-shirt or something. You can do all kinds of other things. We've got flyers and business cards. All of it is over at promote.freetalklive.com. That's promote.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live brought to you by the Free State Project. Your best chance at achieving liberty in your lifetime is to get together with other people that love the idea of freedom and are willing to do something about it. People who are willing to back each other up uh, to get active, whether that means to do uh, politics or civil disobedience or whatever, it floats your boat, your activist boat, whatever excites you. Maybe you don't know what excites you yet. Well, get around others who are excited, and all of a sudden that enthusiasm will probably transfer over to you. Uh, get together with other people that love freedom. Something good's going to happen. And that's what's happening here. Over a 1,000 people are already in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. Mark, you and I are two of those 1,000 plus. Indeed. There are over 11,000 people that have pledged to, uh, to be here in New Hampshire. 
they're not quite here yet, but uh, some of them are on their way imminently. Some of them, maybe it's going to be a couple years. Try to get here sooner rather than later because there's stuff happening now, and uh, we could use your help. Go to freestateproject.org if you love liberty and you'd like to get together with other people that uh, feel the same way, want to do something about it. freestateproject.org. Just as an example today was uh, yet another activist day uh, for me. I didn't get much work done, but uh, I did go to Manchester and uh, supported Kelly Voluntarist in her chalking trial. Uh, Derek J. actually from Tuesday nights and I both went down there uh, with her. You know, it's an hour and a half drive out there, so we probably spent sixty bucks in gas, and you know, then on top of that, had you know, had to buy lunch and uh, etc. It was you know, it was a hundred dollar day between the three of us, probably at least, uh, just to go out and and do this. Whereas, you know. A lot of these tickets that we're getting probably could just pay the state of 10 bucks or 50 bucks and make it go away. So we'll spend more money on going to a trial just to take something to trial on the principle of the matter of clogging the court system with trials than, uh, you know, than just trying to get out of something. So just to give you an idea of how dedicated some of these activists are. They're willing to spend more just for the principle of the matter than they would just to make it go away from within the system. And so they had to call in, you know, three cops. They had to take those cops off the street or bring them in on their day off or whatever and and have them appear in court and spent a couple of hours of the court's time just to try to convict her for for chalking on the side of a government building. Uh, That's what happened today. There was no decision issued, by the way. It was taken under advisement. The judge in the case is accepting memos from both the prosecution and defense on some legal issues. This This judge has a tendency to ask for these things, to ask for memos, essentially giving everyone a homework assignment before he <laughs> before he issues a ruling. And of course, he always rules not guilty. I don't think he's yet found anyone. You mean guilty? Excuse me. He always rules guilty. I don't think he's yet found anyone not guilty of. Uh, just the crime of chalking. And, of course, as we found out earlier They this shouldn't. Week, I mean, the ordinance says this is pretty specific. Chalk. Um, no. No, this is a criminal mischief uh, okay. complaint, uh, which then why alleges- don't they, And this is the other thing that I hate. You know, when there's an ordinance of, you know, for, ch- uh, for graffiti, why not use the, the proper ordinance instead of yeah. just coming up with this uh, catch-all? It's like the cops aren't doing their job. Yeah, there is no charge of graffiti, I don't think, in this case. It was Where criminal is, mischief. What town is it? Manchester. Yeah, there is. Well, they didn't charge her with graffiti, as far as I know. As I understand it, there is. Well, I don't know. They didn't charge her with it. Uh, it was uh, criminal mischief, and okay. that says that there has to be damage to whatever it is that the mischief has been uh, committed against. And, of course, who could think that chalk could possibly be damaging, except for people who are calling themselves the state? So uh, that has yet to be resolved, but just kind of threw that out there as an example. I mean, these are some hardcore activists who are really willing to put it on the line. A lot of them are. So go to freestateproject.org to learn more about that. Uh, we'll talk more about the radio uh, situation here with the low-power FM stations possibly going to be popping up here in your community in a bit. But first, Ty is on the line in Tennessee on the amp lines. Hey, Ty. Hey, good evening, guys. I just had a thought that occurred to me listening to uh, last night's podcast regarding uh, the judicial system in this country, and it just struck me that if, you know, there's a myth in this country that the the, uh, judiciary is independent and impartial, and if that was truly the case, then they would actually encourage people to understand their rights about jury nullification. Because they would understand that they would be judging not only the crime, but the law as well, to see if it was fair. But since they are so adamant 
in the judiciary against the idea of jury nullification, I think that indicates, you know, beyond a doubt that there's a bias. I don't know. Um, just, I, I, I have to say that parcel of the system. Oh, I wouldn't disagree with that statement, but I don't know that this uh, one is indicative of the other. Jury nullification is a two-edged sword. Jury nullification has been used historically for good and evil. Um, it was used, for instance, to uh, you know set people free that were harboring fugitive slaves in the North uh, that were supposed to turn them over to their their masters in the South. But it was also used to free people who had killed blacks in the South. Um, um, when, you know, their friends and neighbors who made it, who were able to vote, therefore were white, would set them free because, you know, they wouldn't want to imprison some white guy for killing a black man, for God's sake. Um, so I think that people can genuinely be against jury nullification without being, uh, you know, a, a sort of anti-freedom or working for the man or whatever. You know, I'm glad what I'm brought- talking about is actually judging the law itself. That's you know, and some of the jury, the negative jury nullifications you're talking about, somebody is killed and they and the jury acquits. That's not the kind of nullification I'm talking about. I'm talking yeah, but the, about the jury doesn't actually laws, judge the law. The, the, the jury doesn't actually judge the law. The jury get, passes down a guilty or a not guilty verdict. One of the two. Um, so you can say right, why you choose to do a, it. On a proper jury nullification, that's exactly what it is, though. My understanding of nullification is saying. We're saying this law is null. It, 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 it's improper. Right. We're if they say that the enough, law. if the jury comes back with enough not guilties, then they should realize, the prosecutors, that this is fruitless and that they should give up enforcing this particular law. I, I agree with you, Ty. No. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. But <laughs> Look, um, you know, jury's really trying to make is... Go ahead, go ahead. Juries rarely pass down a verdict that says we're nullifying the law. They pass down uh, guilty or not guilty, even in the case, and mostly when you're talking about jury nullification, you're talking about one person with the fortitude to hang a jury. You're not really talking about actual jury nullification. And, um, you know, so whether... You know, they're just finding an in, uh, a victim. Generally, they're not willing. People don't have the uh, the fortitude to stand up and say, "No, well, this can't. is wrong." They can't. And, so they'll be charged with uh, they'll they'll throw the case out or mistrial or something like that. They, they, jurors are intimidated into doing that, but that doesn't mean they're inside the, inside themselves that the reason they're coming back with a not guilty is because they're judging the who law can itself. Know? Who can know? Well, I know what I would be thinking. But it's not jury nullification then, by his definition, if they're just keeping it inside themselves. I think that uh, possibly the idea of jury nullification suffers from something that a lot of things have suffered from, and that's the term has been redefined down through the years. Because now, like you're saying, people identify jury nullification with the idea of unfair acquittals. Where my understanding of the original idea is you you are saying this law is not correct. You're nullifying the law. I can't speak That's to what, what the original idea behind jury nullification thank, is. Thank you, Ty. I'm with you, and I appreciate your call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And I'm glad he brought that up because I must have misunderstood. Uh, there was an email that came in from Julian Heiklin recently. He has a tyranny fighters email list is what he calls it. And he'll send out updates uh, occasionally to folks and, and let, let us know what's going on with him. Uh, Julian Heiklin is... Uh, He's almost 80 years old. Last I heard he was 79. I don't know if he's had a birthday recently, but he is he's an elderly gentleman who has been going around uh, to 
different courthouses around the country and handing out jury nullification information out front. This has resulted in him being uh, charged, arrested, carted away, harassed, attacked. He's not the only one either. Uh, No, he's not the only one, but he's the most notable. He's Mm -hmm. the one who's been arrested multiple times doing this. And, of course, he's elderly, so it really is quite something when you see the cops aggressing against this, you know, somebody who could be your grandfather. Now, I'm going to share with you what he wrote, and maybe I misunderstood this. He wrote that Julian Heiklin, former defendant in – Professor Julian Heiklin, by the way, uh, in USA versus Heiklin, previously Does he get to keep the title after he uh, is retired? I guess so, like president. (laughs) Uh, Previously under misdemeanor (laughs) indictment in Southern District of New York is pleased to apprise the public that Preet Bharara, U.S. attorney, appears to have in fact abandoned active pursuit of the prosecution. Perhaps since discretion may be the better part of valor – and sub silencio, it seems the U.S. have conceded the first article of the amendment to the U.S. Constitution includes the unfettered right to discuss among and with our fellow Americans in the meaning of the terms of art in the Constitution, such as criminal trial, jury, impartial trial, etc. He goes on, essentially, he says here that his trial was discontinued, but it looks like that's not the case at all. I've got an update on Julian Heiklin here in a moment. It's Free Talk Live. I am so excited about Pork Fest this year. Pork Fest? What's that? It's the Porcupine Freedom Festival, a fun and educational camping event put on every summer by the Free State Project. This year it's going to be happening June 18th to the 24th at Rogers Campground in Lancaster, New Hampshire. Okay, I like camping and I definitely like freedom, but my budget is tight. Tickets are only $30 for the whole week if you get them before May 1st. Well, that sounds reasonable, but what goes on there? (laughs) What doesn't go on at Porkfest? There are speakers, family fun, dance parties, karaoke, a comedy roast, hiking, campfires, sports, a wedding, and all kinds of delicious food. But the part that I like best is spending time with other people who love freedom. Mm, That's sounding pretty good to me. Where can I go to learn more? Check out Porkfest.com and make sure you spell pork like a porcupine. P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. Like what you see? Looks like a blast. Okay, I'm in. See you at Porkfest. While you're there, check out how you can become a VIP, very important porcupine, for a modest donation. See you at Porkfest. This is Free Talk Live, and we're launching into the second hour of the program. Dial in toll-free, bring up whatever you want. Number here, 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-855-450-3733. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features that await you there. Uh, once again, freetalklive.com. You get to control the content of the site if you like. You can vote on different items there, promoting the most uh, interesting to the front page of the site. You can submit new items to the site as well. Go and see what I mean over at freetalklive.com. Still to come, more about the FCC's decision to supposedly make the radio band more diverse. We'll uh, explain that here in a bit. And also, on the way, some disturbing news out of your local government school. Uh, maybe it's your local government school. It could be. Uh, but first, we go to uh, the update on Julian Heiklin. I had received an email from Julian in his uh, Tyranny Fighters email list, which suggested that it was over in his New York case. He's currently facing at least uh, two cases, one in New York City, the other in Orlando. Yeah, I thought it was one in Orlando. Uh, in Orlando, he's looking at six months in jail for handing out information out in front of a courthouse, informing jurors or potential jurors 
or just the public People. in general, yeah. he'll, he'll hand it out to anybody, uh, information about jury nullification, informing them of the right of a juror to vote his or her conscience in, a, in any case. You don't right. have to judge just the law and the facts. You can judge the law – excuse me, just the facts in the case. You can judge the law itself. So if you believe it's a bad law, you can vote not guilty. That's what jury nullification is about. In a country where you're supposed to have the right to peaceably assemble, uh, not that he's really assembling very much, he's just going out himself, uh, free speech, uh, the the right to petition for redress of grievances, it would seem to me that the very best place is on the courthouse steps to hand out information about the rights of juries. So I've got this email from him, came out in late February, about a month ago, where he says that USA versus Heiklin which was previously under misdemeanor indictment in the Southern District of New York, has been – he says it appears to have been in, abandoned. It's good news, uh, right? But maybe, I'm, maybe this is not the same case or maybe he misunderstood because he does say it appears to have been abandoned because as of yesterday, there's a news report from Reuters out of New York. A U.S. judge said on Wednesday that advocating for jury nullification could pose a threat to the judicial system, particularly <laughs> if it takes place close to potential jurors. U.S. District Judge Kimba Wood made the comments in the case of Julian Heiklin of Teaneck, New Jersey, a retired 80-year-old chemistry professor who was charged and arrested after distributing pamphlets advocating jury nullification outside federal courthouse in Manhattan. The pamphlets called on potential jurors to follow their conscience in returning a verdict and urged them to find a defendant not guilty if they disagreed with the law in question or the government's conduct in the case. One pamphlet says, quote, juries were instituted to protect citizens from the tyranny of government. It's not the duty of the jury to uphold the law. It's the jury's duty to see that justice is done. This is one of the pamphlets that was submitted by the defense as part of a brief in defending Heiklin. One of his attorneys, Stephen Stratzinger, told the court that jury nullification is really not a serious threat to the integrity of the system. I disagree with that, responded Judge Wood, who brought up the possibility of jurors voting to acquit a person based on ideological beliefs, such as pro-life protesters who believe that it should be lawful to kill an abortion provider, an eye for an eye, a life for a life, says the judge. Sure. Heiklin, who is representing himself with the aid of Stratzinger, is charged with— it's really likely that you're going to get nine people that—I mean, I'm pro-life, and I don't believe that it's okay to kill doctors for that. I mean, the likely—the statistical likelihood of getting together with nine people, depending on where you are, uh, you know, a, a criminal jury that large, 12 people that, that feel the same way on this issue so that a person is found not guilty seems pretty unlikely to me. True, but it only takes one person to hang a jury. That doesn't mean the state can't bring the charge back. That's true. They can keep bringing the charge back, no doubt. Uh, prosecutors say if jury... Uh, I mean, you know, they, you could get somebody who's mentally unstable and all kinds of different reasons. Prosecutors say that jury nullification is unlawful. I mean, if they don't like juries and the thousand-year right of juries, let's do away with them. I think there's all kinds of good arguments for getting rid of juries. Juries are uneducated people who really have nothing to do with uh, dispensing justice. Why in the world would we have them? You're not really advocating that, though, are you? I don't, I, I don't think that uh, the judicial system itself belongs as a role of government. I think it should be operating outside of the realm of government. Got it. Well, I don't have time. We don't have time to get into that particular issue. I want to update folks on what's going on with sure. uh, with Julian Heiklin here. So, again, he's been charged with jury tampering, which carries up to six months in prison. Uh, prosecutors say that jury nullification is unlawful and that by encouraging it, Heiklin was undermining the good functioning of the court system. When did j- jury nullification become unlawful? Well, prosecutors are claiming that it's unlawful and they're looking to uh, have this judge decide. 
Prosecutors also argue that Heikland could not claim free speech protection because he was handing out pamphlets on federal property. You don't have free speech on federal property. <laughs> right. How could you possibly have free speech granted to you by the government on government property? It's not like there's a constitution that says that they're supposed to enshrine free speech and respect it. Sure, a limitation on the uh, the organization that is supposed to have made this uh, this this rule. Prosecutors argue that uh, the plaza at 500 Pearl Street, uh, the entrance of Manhattan Federal Courthouse, uh, is where Heiklin was, and he was specifically targeting potential jurors. Now, I, I know uh, who Julian Heiklin is. I've had the chance to meet him a few times. You've done pamphleting with him, too, uh, haven't you? A, yes, I have. He's a really nice gentleman. And one of my disagreements with Julian Heiklin's approach is that he doesn't target potential jurors. That's always been my critique of, of his approach. He'll just go out in front of a courthouse on any old random day of the week at any old random time and just start handing things out to people. Well, He's literally just handing things to people that are on the street passing by. The times I've done jury nullification outreach, every single time has been when a jury's being selected. I specifically want to target the people that are going into uh, to potentially be jurors. And I've never been arrested for it. But then again, I've never done it in front of a federal courthouse except for once, which was when Julian Heikland came to town. And we had like 40 people come out to the federal courthouse in yeah. Concord. And the they didn't, didn't say word out. one to him yeah, that day. Security didn't come out then, did they? They didn't even talk to us. Uh, so that's By the way, this is, a, of him. this is a great um, acid test for those that say that uh, the, the government is too invasive in New Hampshire because they hear this program and find out you know, all the things that the government is cracking down on in this area. Um, when you see the same activism done in different places and you can va- gauge the reactions here in New Hampshire, the security guards didn't even come out when they saw 40 people on their courthouse mm-hmm. steps. But when Julian Heiklin goes to Manhattan, he gets three people, four people that show up. And security comes down and throws an old man on the ground and puts their, you know, and it hurts him. And throws a skinny camera kid uh, in, in jail, too, yeah. as well. And by uh, the way, they had to pay for that one. They lost that. That's yeah, they correct. lost that. Uh, from the ACLU took that case up, and uh, they, they had to pay. The uh, story continues. The thing here, this according to the assistant U.S. attorney, the thing here that's so I made troubling, a mistake. They didn't have to pay. The, tax the taxpayers, taxpayers had to pay. Assistant U.S. Attorney Rebecca Mermelstein said at the Wednesday hearing, the thing here is so troubling to the government is that the message undermines the fundamental fairness of our system. Fairness? Anyone who's ever been to court knows this is not a fair system. (laughs) If you've ever been in court, even if it's just as an audience member, you should know that the system is a deck that is stacked against you from the the word go. There's no fairness and there's not even a semblance now, of fairness. The best thing you can do uh, you know, on your own is to, to get the, the course Jurisdictionary from Jurisdictionary.com. I think we'll be talking about that a, a little bit later here. As a matter of fact, I might as well talk about it now. Um, if, if you've ever been the victim of an injustice and decided to do nothing about it because the attorneys cost too much, Jurisdictionary.com is a course for people who don't have attorneys. It arms you with the information on how to use the court's rules. You at the very least need to know how to use the rules. If you can't use the rules, you're not going to win. Um, go to Jurisdictionary.com. Dictionary.com. They've got all kinds of uh, free stuff there for you. That and when you buy the course, um, it's it's so easy. The average eighth grader could learn it in a weekend. You can uh, you can get it instant access online, and they'll send the four CDs to you in the mail. Um, so I mean, you can start immediately. Jurisdictionary.com. Remember to use the pull down menu when you uh, check out. The Mention Free Talk Live. U.S. Attorney here says that if a person is on the steps of a courthouse and is trying to influence jurors, that is a crime. And that is a crime. Jury uh, attempting to influence a jury to vote one way or the other is absolutely 
jury tampering. That's what the jury tampering statutes were created for. But that's not what jury nullification outreach is. Jury nullification outreach doesn't say, hey, juror, you need to vote this way. It simply says, juror, you have the right to choose based on your conscience. That doesn't say vote guilty or not guilty. Nope. It, in any way, shape, or form. It doesn't address a specific case. 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. More coming up. You take control. Free Talk Live. Hi, I'm Mark Craighead, founder of Crossbreed Holsters. Are you looking for a concealed carry holster? Crossbreed Holsters is the home of the world-famous Super Tuck, the most comfortable concealed carry holster on the market today. Try one out and see how truly discreet and comfortable carrying concealed can be. And find out why we call it the ugliest holster you'll ever love. We are the standard others try to imitate. Get the original. Get your Super Tuck at CrossbreedHolsters.com. Again, that's CrossbreedHolsters.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in toll-free at 855-453. The SACL CAI toll-free line. Bring up what you want. 1-855-450-3733. Join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site, and uh, you can enjoy them, including news updates. Get signed up. We'll keep you in the loop whenever there's something that you need to know about Free Talk Live. Go to news.freetalklive.com, and you can follow us via email, Twitter, Facebook, Whichever delivery method is your preference. It's all free, of course, at news.freetalklive.com. If you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of accounts receivable, SACL CAI can do that for you. Uh, They do collections, early outbilling, and they purchase charged-off receivables. And they know that keeping your customers is important, so they treat them with respect. They record every call. They have the best equipment money can buy. You can go back and listen to the calls if you uh, you know need to check on how a call went as far as uh, accounts receivable. SACL CAI. You can see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side of the page. It's SACL CAI. All right, so once again, toll-free number 855-450-FREE. We've been talking about jury nullification because there's been an update in the Julian Heichlin case, which he thought apparently had been dropped. Apparently it has not because as of Wednesday there was a hearing, and U.S. District Judge Kimball Wood has decided to speak out against jury nullification. Uh, She has uh, made it pretty clear that she disagrees that it's not a threat to the integrity of the system. She thinks it is a threat. And she gave an example, a very extreme example, suggesting that jury nullification could be used in ways to set murderers free. And technically, that's true. It certainly has in its uh, history. But it's not very likely. And all of that, uh, all of that aside, I would much rather see one murderer be set free than have a hundred innocent, peaceful people be put in a cage. And if jury nullification can result in peaceful people being uh, kept out of cages, then it's very valuable to me. Because most people don't agree with murder. And most people aren't going to tolerate the idea of setting a murderer free. That would never even cross their minds. I don't worry about those sorts of things when I'm promoting the idea of jury nullification. My intention is to set peaceful people free, is to give people the encouragement that they need to know that they don't have to follow the instructions of the judge that they can vote not guilty based on their conscience. Whether they will or not is another question. But it's my role as someone who does this outreach, and I've done a lot of it for years, 
It's my role to inform people. And that's what this judge doesn't want. And that's what this prosecutor doesn't want. Now, there's not been a decision yet made in this case, so we're still waiting to hear more uh, about it. And uh, we'll let you know as as we learn more. But I think it's, um, it's not sounding good. I think jury nullification is an imperf- imperfect uh, you know way to go combating the, uh, the the growth of government. It's an imperfect system, it, but what's a highly it's it's a corrupt and twisted system uh, that makes no sense in the world. But this can work. This is a you know as imperfect Could. as it might be. If one person on a jury knows about jury nullification and they're on a case where somebody hasn't harmed another human being, all they have to do is say not guilty. And that person doesn't go to jail at that point. They can. So the the idea of the jury was that you would be the fourth check and balance against the government. You you learned a lot about the checks and the balances when you were in high school or, or middle school or elementary school or whenever they taught it to you. And they, of course, told you about the three branches of government, but they didn't teach you about the fourth branch, you. Well, the and government. Your conscience. The government is actually supposed to be a, uh, you know, a an arm of the civilian population. I mean, the government comes from the people. So yeah, the idea right. that's the that's what these documents say. Yeah, but we all know it comes from the big people, the big money, and the mega corporations. And, indeed, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't dispute that at all. But the idea, the the lie that is told in these founding documents is that government of right comes from the people, mm-hmm. and so therefore somebody is supposedly not supposed to be able to be criminally convicted by this government without at least passing through a jury of their peers, a representation of those people. Now, I think that what it's become over time is is just a, a rubber stamp on whatever the government wants, essentially, that people rarely get found, you know, not rarely, but uh, do not get found not guilty often enough. Well, right. What good does a check and balance do if all three branches of the government are determined to work together? I mean, it would be one thing if these three branches were, you know, eternally opposed in a, yes. a giant struggle uh, to make sure everybody was keeping in check and uh, to keep an eye on everybody else. That was else. the idea. But in fact, these people pass from one branch to the other. Prosecutors hey, scratch my back. Pro- I'll scratch yours. Prosecutors move from uh, the executive into the uh, judiciary all the time. Mm-hmm. And, and they're all lawyers. They're all lawyers. And they all, uh, you know, they, they go to the same, they hang out at the same bars. They go to the same uh, country clubs, you you know, these folks yeah. are in they're, they're they're literally in cahoots. Everybody knows it and nobody even bats an eye, really. Right. And no one knows what to do about it. I was uh, just talking to some business owners tonight uh, and it, based on the things that they said to me in in other words, they were telling me we're afraid. We're afraid of the government. We don't want to stand up because we know they can target our business. Sure. And so we will. Yeah, and they will. They could. Uh, and so they're just going to remain silent and not do anything. And that's, you know, you take that attitude and you spread it out across everyone because not everybody's a business owner, but some people have families and some people have important jobs and they've got things that are you know very important in their lives. And so it's always easier to do nothing and, and stick your head in the sand and hope that, uh, you know, and hope that they'll leave you alone. And maybe they will. But then comes around your chance to sit on a jury. And what do most people do? Oh, my God, I've got I'm sick. There's a case in the oven uh i can't go today my grandmother's uh in, on her deathbed you know they come up with all kinds of reasons to well, not a lot go. of people have a lot of really great reasons consider that employment is at its lowest level that it has been in quite some time and many people who go and serve on a jury are losing out on what may very well be the only paycheck that day that was going to come in i get it for there their are family good reasons no doubt mark i'm not i'm not besmirching the fact that people want to get out of it i'm just saying that this is your opportunity i'm trying to try to help people understand that being on a 
a jury is your opportunity to do something significant for another human being, to possibly set a person free and prevent them from going to a cage. Wouldn't you want someone to do that for you? Or do you believe that, oh, you can just avoid being prosecuted for your whole life, that you'll just be one of the lucky ones that doesn't get charged with some criminal offense? There's another story in the news today about some guy who was put in jail because he stuccoed the back uh, backside of his house when he couldn't afford to do the rest of the job of uh, siding it. Yeah. The city came after him. They put him in jail for that. You think that you are a law-abiding citizen and that everything's going to be okay, but then before you know it, you're next because they passed some stupid ordinance that outlaws something that you liked to do or outlawed some sort of change you were going to make to your house or outlawed gardening in the front yard or outlawed you know having uh, grass over six inches high or whatever this they've put people in jail for all of these all things. of these things so please your kids want to sell cookies in the front yard please all i want to do is encourage people to take a moment and consider doing the right thing rather than doing what's expedient because if you continue doing what's expedient you're going to continue getting what you've always gotten. If you continue throwing your head in the sand and pretending like, see no evil, speak no evil, hear no evil, that the evil's not going to affect you someday, you've got another thing coming. And I hope somebody's around to give a damn about your situation when you finally get into it. I really do. 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. But as Pastor Martin Niemöller said... First, they came for the communists, and I wasn't a communist, so I didn't stand up. Then they came for the trade unionists, and I wasn't a trade unionist, so I didn't stand up. Then they came for me, but no one else was around to stand up for me. So when are you going to stand up for your neighbors? We wouldn't be where we are without our amplifiers. Their $3 per month helps us spread Free Talk Live and gets them access to perks at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. The toll-free number here is 855-450-FREE. It's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And you can join us on our website over at freetalklive.com. Tonight, it's Ian here with you. And Mark. Over at freetalklive.com, you'll find a variety of different features. We give them all to you. Listening options included. So if you want, you can, of course, grab the podcast, archives of the show, going all the way back to late 2006. You can also listen live. You can listen to our live streams. Uh, we have broadband, midband, and narrowband, uh, different stream sizes for different speeds of internet connection you can also find our over 100 radio stations listed i wonder how many other stations do or other shows do that for you do what part provide excuse me provide three different streams good question for three different needs i i don't know mark that's a fine question you know the the customer service that you get from free talk live is just so much higher you know and you pay nothing like or dislike Whatever it is that we have to say compared to the other radio shows out there, we provide a lot more service than they do. You can also get us on uh, over 100 great radio stations on AM and FM across the country. Our satellite listening options include XM Satellite Radio, the free-to-air KU Band channel, the webcam, and the listen lines that allow you to call in from any phone that can dial long distance. If you can't get Free Talk Live in your ears, you're just not trying uh, because we've got it available out there in several different um, format. That is the truth. Yeah. Now, there's an interesting question, Mark. If anybody does know of any other uh, radio programs that have as many online and, and offline uh, listening options as we do, I'd, I'd love to know about them. 
So once again, 855-450-FREE is the number. You can go to listen.freetalklive.com to learn about the various different ways to get Free Talk Live into your ears. And speaking of the radio business, we're going to come back around again to the topic that we started the show out with. Uh, it's about the FCC's decision this week to what they say here in this rawstory.com article is to take a bunch of uh, a backlog, as it's called here, of applications for FM repeater stations off the table. Uh, they're going to wipe it away. And according to this author here, uh, it's been the case ever since the FCC's radio spectrum auction in 2003 that they're looking to allegedly expand opportunities on the FM band for smaller providers of uh, of radio programming, like community groups and uh, that sort of thing. It's led many activists to fear they would be forever choked out and kept away from public airwaves. But after a long battle, activists with the Prometheus Radio Project have finally won. According to, uh, this is Stephen Renderos, a national organizer with the Center for Media Justice. Justice! He says, now these right-wing radio networks won't keep getting their translator applications approved. That will severely limit their ability to expand. And you'd think somebody with a media, you know, supposed expertise would understand and be able to speak the language of this business. It's not radio networks that are applying for uh, yeah, for I applications. It was kind of strange. It's radio companies, radio stations, radio networks are like the Genesis Communications Network. That's the company that takes Free Talk Live, puts us up on the satellite. They do production. There's a board operator who comes in. They they answer phones for us. They networks the- put shows on the um, satellite. Radio stations take them off the satellite. Correct. There are a couple of networks that own stations. They they do have their Salem own stations. Salem tends to. Uh, Salem uh, Pr- Premier is a cl- is Clear Channel. They own stations. Yeah, they, but it's they, actually it's somewhat separate. They have what are called owned and operated stations. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, you know, it, it gets real murky. I think in some areas, but it's not really accurate to say. Like for instance, the six hundred stations that Rush Limbaugh is on are not all owned by Clear Channel and Premier. Uh, Clear Channel only owns a fraction of Rush Limbaugh stations. Many of them are independent mom and pop operations. So. They're not really being completely uh, straight up in what they're saying here. Just wanted to put that out there. Uh, So going on here, the FCC's decision also set clear criteria for community radio stations in heavily populated urban areas, which are otherwise bombarded by endless droning of commercial media full of snide opinion masquerading as news. Brandy Doyle, the policy director for Prometheus Radio Project, told Raw Story that these new low-power stations can only be licensed to non-profit organizations, and you can only have one per customer. That way we won't have these big corporate chains and media networks that are taking over the rest of the media landscape, moving in on low-power FM service. These stations have to be local, and they have to be independent. This clears the way for a real transformation of the FM dial. And if that's all true, and I, you know, I'll take her word for it, because I certainly don't want to go through and read the FCC's opinions. But if that's all true, then, you know, that's a good thing, I suppose. More variety is good, although I'm disappointed that they can't be commercial, which means that Free Talk Live would essentially be cut out yeah. as, a, as an option. The idea that, you know, this is the, what the low-power FMs are about is that, you know, now if, if you want to make a living talking on the radio so therefore you can research well and, you know, be more likely to say something that's the truth and all that kind of thing – you know, you can't do that. No, no, that's not acceptable. Well, of course, just because you're nonprofit doesn't mean you can't make money, right? A lot of nonprofit sure. agencies, the directors and those folks, they make doing lots, all right. lots of money. But I don't think with a lower power FM, that's likely to happen in any place but the major um, cities. Yeah. 
I mean, you know, a, a low power FM running in Sarasota, Florida is likely not to make so much money that uh, um, that somebody's you know getting a big old paycheck out of the deal. There's one uh, there's one talk show host out there that's pretty smart about this. Uh, Tom Hartman, yeah, is uh, he's a, a progressive talk host. And he's he's one of the more popular progressive uh, talk hosts, and he's smart about it. He repackages his show for delivery to uh, a lot of these nonprofit stations in that he actually has a version of his show that has no uh, commercial elements to it. They have uh, what, what are called sponsorships. Uh, in, in the world of nonprofit radio, like if you've ever watched PBS, sometimes they'll say, this program is brought to you by underwritten, so-and-so. Underwritten by yeah. you know the, the Ford Foundation. And there are very specific uh, things you can't do with one of those messages. You can't give a superlative messages. saying our... We're the best uh, drain cleaners in the whole world. Right. You can't, uh, you know, give a call to action. Call us at whatever and order now. Yeah, which somehow includes sales. I think there's one more element that it's, uh, that's slipping my mind right now, but those, mm-hmm. are, uh, those are basically it. Yeah. So those are the differences. And so, you know, in theory, we could repackage the show in that way. And I just right now, I don't have any stations like that I'm calling on because most of them don't really – I don't know. I just – I've got. I can only focus my time on so many radio right. stations, and that's what right? it comes down to with Free Talk Live. Since it's a two-man operation, we only have forty-eight hours in a day, yeah. <laughs> and uh, some of that is going to be spent sleeping. So, you know, that's what that's what it comes down to. It's not that I would say no. I certainly wouldn't say no if a, if a nonprofit radio station called me up and said, "Ian, you know, we want to put Free Talk Live on the air, but we can't run the we can't run it with commercials." I would say, "Okay, great. Well, uh, you can just grab the archives off the internet or something, and maybe do it that way." Uh, if you want to set somebody at the board to cut out the ads, yeah, there would be. We'd be willing to work with. What the, about live reads? Somebody, yeah, we wouldn't be able to do that. Would yeah, we? it's pretty much out of the question. Yeah, we've, you, I guess you're right. Oh well, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> It's the only way this that well, that I know that yeah. this is going to work. So it's still a good news if it's going to bring more uh, voices to the airwaves. According to the story here, instead of slowly grinding down thousands of repeater station applications that leave no room for community radio, the FCC essentially threw most of those applications away by limiting who can apply, how many filings a single entity can make, and which markets can consider new repeaters, all of which frees up the regulatory body to examine applications for new community stations. The regulatory agency still gave some deference to corporate broadcasters, however, by allowing them one shot at revising their applications to fit the new guidelines. According to Doyle, uh, that means as early as this fall in 2012, there will be opportunities for local community groups to plan and start their own independent radio stations. This is what we fought for for more than a decade, and the FCC has opened the door to that. These poor people have been begging, begging to be allowed to broadcast for well over a dozen years. Yep. I've been hearing about the Prometheus Radio Project for a long time. I've always been interested in, in local radio. And Supreme Court has never ruled on whether or not you can put uh, a radio station up or not on your own, um, as long as you're it's not true. stepping on somebody else's uh, you know. Uh, That's because no one area. challenges the FCC when the FCC actually in, uh, imposes a fine. When the, the FCC the raids... FCC doesn't have the force of law. I it's mean, true. Like the agency was probably created by law, but they don't create laws. Well, they do have the ability to come in and steal your stuff. Uh, they that, just do it. Right. Maybe government does that all the time. True, true. They'll come in to a pirate or community radio station that is unlicensed. They'll raid the property. They'll steal all the equipment. They'll then issue a notice of apparent liability and uh, say to this person, you now owe $10,000. Yeah, pay I've up. actually got a story here. I'm glad you brought that up, Mark. I've actually got a story about a pirate radio operator 
who was told to pay $20,000 to the FCC and hasn't paid. And it's been a year. So what is happening to him? We'll explain here in a moment. 855-450-FREE. That's the toll-free number. You can take control of the airwaves here. 855-450-3733. Should you beg to broadcast? I say no. Free Talk Live. The successes are piling up and proving the Free State Project is a real movement and no longer just a great idea. When you're planning your move to New Hampshire, consider Keene. Keene is famous for its civil disobedience and non-cooperation, and there's plenty of political opportunity as well. Though it's more than just activism, with regular social events each week. See what's happening at freekeen.com and get connected with video, audio, one of the busiest Liberty Forums in New Hampshire, and more at freekeen.com. That's freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You take control of the airwaves toll-free at 855-453-SACL-CAI toll-free CAI toll free line. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site, on the house. So enjoy those over at freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and would like to help support Free Talk Live, you can shop with us. Go to shop.freetalklive.com. And that's where you'll find uh, links to Amazon, different Amazons for different countries. You click on the one that's right for you and go and just take care of your shopping, get it delivered to your door and feel good because not only are you getting a great deal, it's Amazon. They've got great prices and a huge selection and also free super saver shipping on a lot of their brand new items. But you're also helping Free Talk Live at the same time. So it's really uh, the best of all possible worlds. Get your shopping done over at shop.freetalklive.com and you'll help Free Talk Live out simultaneously. So we're ta- and at the same time. Mm, indeed. So we're talking about uh, the story over at rawstory.com about the FCC expanding finally after the Prometheus Radio Project, which is a kind of a coalition of people that are beg- have been begging for years and years for the FCC to finally let them have the ability to broadcast. And I understand their position. I mean, it's really a crappy system. Uh, the FCC is responsive to people with lots of money. And if you don't have a lot of money, then you're not going to even be able to afford to apply for a radio station. I mean, you you have to pay a lot of money just to even apply to have them consider you (laughs) for for a radio station. You have to do it at the right time. You have to do it the right way, which basically means you have to hire an FCC attorney in order to get it done. I mean, you're you're $100,000 in for asking for a radio station. Probably true. For a commercial radio station, I would say. Yeah. And so uh, years ago, the FCC came out with this low-power FM idea, and it was to kind of appease these folks, but it wasn't good enough. And they've just been backed up with applications. And so, you know, they haven't gotten to a lot of these applications. And so people are frustrated. So now the FCC has decided to wipe a bunch of these off the table. And uh, there's a jubilant atmosphere in the world of the low-power FM uh, folks. They feel like they're finally getting what they want from the FCC. Now, mind you, they haven't actually approved anyone. They're just... (laughs) Just talking about what they're going to supposedly do in a few months from now. And this is the sort of Stockholm syndrome that centers around government. Yeah. So, so again, these people are very excited. I would say be cautious. This may not be what you think it is. Maybe it's not going to work out as well as you uh, as well as you expect. And let's not forget that they're not talking about till till the fall for this to happen. And right. you know, this is the Democratic president. These are Democratic type people that are happy. Uh, things could change in January. So. Back to a, a side version of this story, or a kind of an, a, an ancillary point, and that is on the issue of broadcasting without permission, mm-hmm. without begging. 
I mean, for the, for the amount of money that the Prometheus Radio Project has probably spent lobbying the FCC, they probably could have started several radio stations. Like, uh, they, they Especially probably, ones without permission. Right, ones without so permission. You're looking at... You could put up a radio station for a couple of thousand dollars. And, and that'd be a decent station. really nice. And you could right. do it for a few hundred for just uh, you know, broadcasting sort of a, you know, so your, your neighborhood, your larger neighborhood. Absolutely true. Uh, so, and, and all of this information is available online. But what I wanted to focus on was the idea that you had pointed out, Mark, no one has challenged the FCC's forfeitures in court. So if you put up your own uh, pirate or micro or community station, whatever you want to call it, you put up your own unlicensed radio station. The FCC comes in. They steal all your stuff. They uh, hand you a notice of apparent liability that says you owe us $10,000. What happens? Somebody saying that. Right. What happens if you don't pay? I mean, that sounds pretty scary, right? Oh, my God, the government wants ten grand from me? Who can afford that? Not very many people. And uh, so the question is, what happens if you don't pay? Well, there's a notice that came out from the FCC called a forfeiture order being issued against a man named Gabriel Garcia. This came out in March of this year, so uh, March 8th. This is fairly recent. And it says here that in this forfeiture order, we issue a monetary forfeiture in the amount of $25,000 to Gabriel Garcia for willfully and repeatedly violating Section 301 of the Communications Act. The noted violations involve Garcia's operation of an unlicensed broadcast station on various FM broadcast band frequencies in San Jose, California. So this is uh, violating the broadcast, whatever broadcast act. Correct. So this is a law that the FCC is then uh, being the enforcing body for. That's what they're claiming here, but they can't be an enforcement body because they can't bring charges. On March 11th, uh, 2011, the Enforcement Bureau's San Francisco office issued a notice of apparent liability in the amount of $25,000 to Garcia. So a year ago, March 11th, 2011, they issued this notice to him. According to the FCC's notice here, it says Garcia has not filed a response to the notice of apparent liability. So he completely ignored them. Long walk, short pier. Uh, and so, there, therefore, they say, based on the information before us, we affirm the forfeiture. <laughs> Accordingly, it is ordered, all in caps, that pursuant we, to section if, if you, we'll, we'll just start capitalizing things if you don't pay. Accordingly, it is ordered that, uh, and then they cite more sections of their Communications Act, that Gabriel Garcia, now all in caps again, is liable for a monetary forfeiture, and bold, by the way, caps and bold, now back to regular, in the amount of $25,000 for willfully and repeatedly violating the Section 301, blah, blah, blah. Payment of the forfeiture shall be made in the manner provided in Section blah, 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 within 30 days of the release of this forfeiture order. If the forfeiture is not paid within the period, the case may, the case may be referred to the U.S. Department of Justice for collection. That's the part where it goes to court. Mm -hmm. May. Sure. If you don't pay us, you have to pay. And if you don't, we may refer it to, not we will, we may refer it to the Department of Justice for collection. So if they refer it to the Department of Justice, then the Department of Justice gets to decide. Does collections? I mean, wouldn't doesn't the Department of Justice... I, what? Well, presumably they would collect your body at that point and hold you in a cage. I, you know, I'm not sure exactly how they, they would handle it, but uh, it would be the Department of Justice that would have to take you to court. They would have to... The DOJ would have to file charges against you for not, you know, not paying the FCC, whatever those charges would be, presumably. I'm no lawyer. If you know better, please clear this up with me. But as, as we understand it, this has never happened. 
most people will probably make payments to the FCC because they're afraid and they don't know, they don't have a lawyer or whatever. And yeah, the FCC would absolutely take a hundred dollars a month or whatever from this guy. Sure, they would in order to uh, you know just pay. You know, shut him up. Just to get obedience from somebody. Yeah, that's all they want is obedience. Payment of the forfeiture must be made by check or similar instrument payable. But if communication mission must be included in the NAL account number, FRN reference above. Payment by check or money order. Then they give you instructions on uh, where to uh, send things. And they, they even give you a government lockbox number uh, to it's really weird sounding how you can pay this. And that's the end of the notice. So the notice is essentially pay up or else that uh, or else we will possibly maybe send this to the Department of Justice for collections. It's very strange. So it took them a year to get around to finally saying, we're serious about this, hey? Hey, you! You didn't write us back! Pay up now! Come on, here's our address. Talk about an unaccountable bureaucracy. Yeah. I mean, you know, the FCC, <laughs> what are they doing over there? I, I mean, these uh, applications have been sitting on their desk for years, uh, they admit it, and they've got all kinds of backlog. They're just... D- I mean, they, you know, they don't do enforcement. They rely on citizen DXers to, uh, you know, make reports of uh, stations that are unlicensed. Then they come out and check them sometime whenever they feel like it. I mean, it's just incredible. And indeed, here, Mark, it does say request for a full payment under an installment plan should be sent to chief financial officer, etc. The, the the paragraph here about how to pay is the most lengthy paragraph. They've got all kinds of different methods. They'll take credit card. Mm-hmm. They'll take a money order. I they'll they take uh, you know check. They'll take uh, let's see a payment by overnight mail. I mean, they've got all kinds of options here. And if this guy doesn't want any trouble from them, if he's scared or whatever, I'd offer him twenty dollars a month. That's all I can afford. Well, as is pointed out here, they uh, he hasn't offered them anything. He hasn't even responded but, to them. But if they do, um, if you do do that, what they'll often do is say, "Well, well, let's have your tax returns for the last five years to see whether or not you can pay." Mm, you know that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, there's more hoops and more hoops that. and more hoops and more hoops. Every time you talk to them, there's more hoops. Right. And so the question is, if this guy or you, if you're the pirate broadcaster, how do they prove you did it? Most of them will admit it. Yes, but the problem, you know, these people haven't had a day in court. The FCC said you did this. Prove I did it. Exactly. And so that's that's really the relevant point here is this has never gone to court that I know of. Please clarify if you know of something that I don't. But usually they usually they can intimidate a broadcaster into stopping a broadcasting simply by sending a letter. If that doesn't work, then they'll come in and they'll steal all their equipment, which of course will stop them from broadcasting, and they'll issue this fine. Most people will probably pay the fine or get on some sort of payment plan, and they'll never challenge it. So it doesn't really ever go this far. And now it has. And you can see that even in the most threatening letter they could possibly send, they still say they may refer it to the Department of Justice for prosecution, which means that they may not. What else could it and mean? And so that's the the point here is that I what I have read is that the Department of Justice has never prosecuted this because the or the FCC's never sent it along to them to give them the opportunity to because the FCC doesn't want someone to bring up in court uh first amendment freedom of speech. I didn't get a trial for this. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I should be able to broadcast because of the first amendment. No one has ever challenged this. It could result in overturning the entirety of the FCC's enforcement mechanism in theory at least, and they don't want to have that happen. So Rumor is all of this stuff is a bluff. Hour number three is on the way. This is Free Talk Live. 
You can listen to Free Talk Live on the radio via podcast, the webcam, and our live streams at freetalklive.com. Not enough options? Now you can listen to Free Talk Live from any phone, anywhere. Add this number to your phone, 760-569-7752. It's a long-distance call, so make sure you're familiar with your phone's calling plan. The Free Talk Live listen lines are airing the latest episode of Free Talk Live 24 hours a day, including our live shows. Call 760-569-7752. That's 760-569-7752. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Toll-free number is 855-453. That number is brought to you by SACL CAI. And here in the studio with you tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. Once again, 855-453. You take control and bring up anything. That's the point of Free Talk Live. You're free to call in, talk about what you want, and we're live seven nights per week. Of course, you can always visit us online at freetalklive.com where you can control the content of the site. You can submit things to it, news items, blog posts, opinion pieces, YouTube videos, whatever you find online that you think our other listeners will appreciate. You submit it as show prep and then others can vote on it up or down and the most voted up make it to the front page of the site at freetalklive.com. As we continue here to news from what could be your local high school or middle school in this case. And then, Mark, you'll have a follow-up piece that's uh, sort of related. Matawan, New Jersey is where this one's happening, but it could be any town USA because stuff like this happens all over the place. There's a lot of confusion, according to CBS New York, at Matawan Aberdeen Middle School, where students say the principal made an unusual announcement last week. First, I heard over the loudspeaker, we are a no-hugging school. No hugging school. And we are, this is our new policy, says student John Corelli. Some of the students went home with stories about a hugging ban that if they hugged in schools, they could be suspended. Some parents, including Tammy Sabatini, who has had three kids that have attended the school, found the idea crazy. <laughs> crazy sounds, yeah, yeah it's, it sounds crazy. Mm-hmm. The mom in this case says they've hugged forever since they were babies, and now they're being told they can't do it. It's stupid. I've never heard of such a thing. Why can't you hug? Another parent told 1010 WINS Steve Sandberg. They don't want those dirty, dirty middle school students touching each other when they know what they're thinking. Before you know it, it'll be dirty dancing in the hallways. They'll be they'll be doing it in the bathrooms. That's I mean, you know, that's the kind of uh, suggestion that that you have here. And I'll admit, in middle school and high school, I've uh, hugged, uh, you know, people of the opposite sex and thought things about it. Well, I can tell you, whether you hug them or not, I'm still you'll probably be thinking things about certainly it. Certainly getting a level of prurient joy out of it, I guess, is what I'm saying. It's kind of silly, says one man, or excuse me, the other parent said, it's how we grew up, with affection. You hug, you kiss. It's a good idea. Yeah, at least if you don't want your child to be a mass murderer uh, when they grow up. Because I think that uh, there's been plenty of studies that have shown that parents that don't hug their children and, and you know, show their children affection, those kids are more likely to grow up torturing animals and then moving on to uh, raping or murdering human beings. Yeah, human, human touch is important. It's really important. And so one man says, it's kind of silly. When I was in middle school, I hugged my friends, boys and girls. I don't know what the big deal is. On Wednesday night, many parents received the following recorded message from the principal trying to clarify things. The message said, quote, Hugging can be inappropriate. 
And sure we, can. We want to make sure that there's no inappropriate physical contact. We certainly do not have a policy against hugging, nor do we intend to or have we suspended students for hugging. Well, if that's true, then why did you get on the announcements in the morning and say you're a no-hugging school? The message went on to say the student, the school wants the students to stay focused on academics. CBS 2's uh, reporter tried to talk to the principal about the issue, but he had no comment. <laughs> I've and, stepped in it for all I care to this week. Thanks very much. Yep, and the school superintendent also had no comment. It's just an outrage, said one student. It's not hugging, or excuse me, it's hugging. It's not like it's going to kill anyone. If they can't do it in school, said one parent, they have plenty of time to hug their friends outside of school. Well, they're going to wonder what it is, uh, this big deal about hugging. And uh, perhaps there'll be more hugging. And maybe topless hugging. Mm. Naked hugging. When they're home under the supervision of their parents and when they're in school, they can learn, said one parent. So while there's still a lot of confusion over the whole issue... Is it schools for learning and isn't, uh, isn't hugging an important part of life? Shouldn't you learn about that? Indeed. I mean, it's probably more important than some of the stuff they're teaching in that those schools. Why can't we learn about hugging, actually? I mean, there's different kinds of hugs. There's the Christian side there's hug. There's the Christian side hug. We did a show on that one time. Yeah. And this is <laughs> this hilarious thing where uh, this youth group essentially was uh, was advocating hugging from the side with one arm. Right. As opposed to hugging with two arms from the front. Right, like a the, real hug. Right. The, Christian, <laughs> the Christians, good Christian kids don't hug from the front. They hug from the side. Give them the old Christian. Side hug. Yeah, there's there a song. A, there was an I'll awful song up. that went with it. I'll pull it up. <laughs> it was, I can't believe it's only been uh, what, three years since we've done this. this yeah, is, it, uh, was, it, it was it was absolutely free talk live gold, yeah. and uh, I I just I, I happen I love it. But um, so you know, we'll give you the Christian side hug here in uh, in just a moment. So so yeah, why not learn about uh, what hugging is all about and how it's beneficial to humans and that humans are social animals and that you know it's a good thing for us to uh, to touch one another and to be close to uh, to one another and yeah. and I think this is sad. So clearly the the principal is doing some backpedaling here, right? I mean, they've got this recorded message here saying that they don't have a policy against hugging. So I have to say I'm a little confused. On one hand, they're told over the loudspeaker they're a no-hugging school and that it's their new policy. But he also claimed that hugging can be inappropriate. I mean, in his in the same letter where he uh, claims that, you know, there's no no rule against hugging. Hugging can be inappropriate. And maybe it's true that they haven't suspended students for hugging, but doesn't. But that doesn't mean they won't be written up. That doesn't mean that they won't get a, a referral, as they were called when I went to school. It's the, the precursor to tickets that you get from the police. Right. You get, uh, get you used to getting ticketed. Right. You get a referral, and then there's different punishments for different types of offenses. They get little boxes they check off. Maybe they're going to add hugging to uh, shows. That I guess probably already have inappropriate, public display of affection. Inappropriate physical contact. They wouldn't want to say hugging. P- PDA, public display of affection. Uh, so you might just get in-school suspension. Or I guess that would, that would still be considered suspension. You might get detention rather than the suspension. Which really is after-school suspension. <laughs> uh, sometimes it's in-school detention. Sometimes yeah. they'll actually take you out of class and sit you in a, a room. And you'll be alone in the room. Sometimes it's after-school. Sometimes it's Saturday school. So I think that the principal in this particular case is being slimy, 
and he's sliming his way around and trying to back uh, back you know backpedal here. Oh well, we haven't suspended anyone over this. That doesn't. I mean, you know, maybe he gets so much backlash on this that they you know backs off. It sounds like a person who's just got a problem with physical touch and is probably yeah. a pervert and is walking <laughs> around the halls thinking about all those middle school girls or boys. God knows Yikes. what his uh, what his uh, preferences are, and you know just can't help himself. And he's like, you know, those young middle school boys touching those middle school girls. They make me so angry. I must stop this. I wish I could have hugged a girl when I was in middle school. Well, he probably did, and he's just sad that he can't do it now. Let's go, God. Let's go to Tim listening to WNMT in northern Minnesota. Tim, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey there. Hey. Um, I called a few days ago about the, uh, you know, being paid for anything, but regardless, I have a, kind of a situation that's kind of related to the school topic that we're talking about. All right. Um, a principal at our school... Uh, has banned the senior sweatshirts because on the back when the kids had to sign it, like like they you know everybody in the class signs it, and then um, they print it off or whatever. Well, they refused it or they didn't check it over before they printed it. Mm. And one of the names on there was Mike Oxbig, and so they ended up banning the sweatshirts from the seniors from for, wearing them in school. For Mike Oxbig, yeah. Oh my God! I mean, <laughs> that's really pushing it. This is one of those, uh, you know, those those play on words where right. they're trying to, uh, you know, get across some message. That's... My favorite one is where the last name is Hunt. I'm not going to say the first part, <laughs> right? Simply because well, that, that's one of the the, the 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 old standbys there. But there are lots of them out there. You know, I I think that they're really real. God, what a <laughs> I'm so I glad I'm not in school people, anymore. Yeah, I loved it when people would slip stuff like that through into this, the like the yearbook, and and uh, they, they won't get caught, or like somebody in the yearbook staff would overlook it, and then of course it'd be after the fact and it'd be too late. Uh, yeah, it was always fun when that stuff happened. Well, well, the thing is, the one of the class advisors was supposed to check the shirts over, and it turned out that she actually knew it was on the shirt, but never decided to do anything about it. And now the print that the principal got wind of it, they are banning the seniors from wearing them in the school. Oh wow, <laughs> wow, that's pretty outrageous. Yeah. God. So because somebody printed real small on it, Mike Oxbig. Yeah. Oh, and, and you can't even see it unless you're actually right. looking for it. <laughs> right. Like you have right. to. The person has to hold still, kind of bend towards <laughs> so you can get some light, and then you can take a look at this tiny little printing that right. the screen printing's just barely big enough to put on. As though that would be the reason for someone to wear the shirt to school. And and by the way, bringing more attention to it is what they've effectively done here by banning the shirt. It's just good advertising. Tim, if you've got more exactly. you want to share, you're welcome to stick with us uh, more on the way here at 855-450-FREE. You can tell us your school absurdities in moments. Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we talk about investing in gold and silver as a hedge against inflation, investment, and barter currency. We've teamed up with Midas Resources to offer you some great rates on some hand-picked gold and silver pieces. U.S. Eagles, British Sovereigns, 20 Francs, Lakota Nation Silver Rounds, Montana Silver Reserves, and Walking Liberty Halves. Call 877-857-9938 or go to gold.freetalklive.com. The shipping is the same for one as it is for 20, so try to get as many as you can all at once. Gold.freetalklive.com. Thank you. 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll-free at 855-453. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And joining you here tonight, it's Ian. And Mark. And we invite you to the website over at freetalklive.com. We've got a webcam. You can watch, you can listen, and interact. The chat room is built into the same page. So head on over to cam.freetalklive.com. Do those things and do them for free. That's cam.freetalklive.com. The state owns the land, but they don't own the water. To be free today, you need a boat, and not just any boat, a life yacht. A life yacht is the idea for a stable catamaran as big as a house that purifies its own water, generates its own power. To some extent, it can grow its own food and has a shallow draft and a uh, ramp to be able to get a four-wheel drive car or SUV on and offshore. With a life yacht, you could live free of nearly any government intrusion and have a seashore home just about anywhere in the world. You could be involved for as few as $1,000 in the commitment of as little as eight months. You can visit ericsoncouncil.com to find out more. See there, uh, you know, they've got a video there that uh, is very inspiring. ericsoncouncil.com. And if you uh, have trouble finding the website, you can go to freetalklive.com. There is a banner for Erickson Council. It's got a sailboat with the, uh, the hydrofoil sails. It's ericsoncouncil.com. We continue here. We'll, of course, take your calls about what you want. What we started out this hour with uh, was a story about a school announcing on the morning announcements that uh, they were a no-hugging school and that hugging was now against school policy. Later, the principal backpedaled and said, oh, well, uh, we, we haven't suspended anyone for hugging. We uh, just want to make sure there's no inappropriate uh, physical contact going on and uh, that we, have, we haven't uh, set a policy against hugging. So what's the truth? Well, I guess the students will find out as time goes on. Will students be given tickets or rather referrals for for hugging? Will they have to do in-school suspension, detention, you know, picking up garbage around the school? Who knows what sort of level of enforcement this will have? But it certainly seems like they were trying to move forward with uh, with this and kind of were stymied by the, the press coverage. That Has that feel to it. it. Yeah. So, of course, you're welcome to tell us your stories. And yes, yet another reason to get your kids out of government school. These places are insane. And there's, of course, zero tolerance policies across the board about weapons, which means you can't even bring a butter knife in. In a lot of cases, you can't. There's a zero drugs tolerance policy, meaning you can't bring aspirin in. I mean, it's just so nut, nutso. And then, of course, you also get the government, pro-government indoctrination that happens there as well. No so, shortage of that. Yeah, exactly. Let's go back to Tim listening to WNMT in northern Minnesota. Go ahead with your thoughts, Tim. All right. So I was wondering what, what could you possibly do about the principal who has banned the sweatshirts? Oh, right. We're back to uh, – you had pointed out that – was this in your local area where this happened? Yes, this is at my high school. Oh, oh you, you were in high school. I missed that point. Oh, I'm yeah. Sorry. Okay, got it. What, uh, what grade are you in? I'm in 11th. Okay, so uh, so junior in high school, the seniors have sweaters or sweatshirts, and they have all the you know senior class names on the back. There was one name, Mike Oxbig, that was printed on the back, and it made it through the printing process. And now the uh, principals or the, whoever's in charge over there has found it out, and they've banned the seniors from wearing the shirts. Uh, surprisingly, they haven't forced them to turn them back in and set them all ablaze in a uh, pyre in the middle of the school's uh, football field. But uh, they have said that you can't wear them to school. And what was your question? What could be done about it? Yeah, what could what could you possibly do to make it so either we can get money back or they can get money back for them or able to wear them again? Well, that's a good. I don't know. I mean, I, what happens if you wear it? What are they going to do to you? Give you a suspension? I would. 
post, they probably would. I would post at Free Talk Live, uh, let's see, Facebook.freetalklive.com and see what uh, other listeners have to say about these, idea. I- well, these ideas. Well, if it's their fault for not checking it over, shouldn't the seniors be able to get their money back for it? <laughs> <laughs> That's so cute the way you think the government is fair and stuff. That's nice. It must be nice to be, uh, you know, 17 years old. That's and a valid still have, thing to say. Still, uh, yes, I'm, I'm only being a jerk, um, you know, and not being a jerk to you. I'm just uh, pretending to be a jerk in order to uh, entertain radio audience. Uh, the, the fact is the government has no, uh, it isn't fair. It doesn't look fair. And nobody really even believes it's fair. Mm. So the purchase of the shirt came from some agency within the school. Was it who actually put this deal together? Um, I'm not a hundred percent sure, um, but it's generally they order from a out of school kind of place, and then they run it through and then sent over to the school. So what would so, happen if you went to school with a shirt on? It was like a handmade shirt, and you wrote the word Oxbig, just yeah. Oxbig on the shirt. What would happen then? That is a very good question. See, these are the sorts of things I would like to do. You know, if I were back in school, I would, you know, dance around it as much as possible. It does sound fun. If they notice it or not. Oh, well, they'll notice it if you write Oxbig real big on the shirt. I mean, like, the shirt says Oxbig. That's all, though. No mic portion, just the uh, the Oxbig portion, just to draw attention to the issue. Well, well, then I'd assume it'd be okay. Well, I I wouldn't assume it would. No, 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 no. Oh, no. (laughs) No, no, no. That principal is going to have your hide in one form or another if you wear a big handmade shirt that says Oxbig. Just because there's no policy against it doesn't mean that they won't uh, all of a sudden, you know, legislate on the spot that this shirt is inappropriate. You are you are cute the way you think this whole uh, school thing works, uh, (laughs) works fair and equitably and and things are done by uh, logical people that, uh, you know, think through what they're doing basically they'll do whatever they want and yes. they'll get away with uh, yes, doing they will. whatever it is that they want to so really the only question comes down to what sort of consequences are you willing to face for perhaps doing some level of uh, hilarious uh, disobedience uh, in this particular issue. You know, what what happens to you when you get suspended? Uh, Is it just, that doesn't go on your permanent record or anything like that? You're going to miss some testing? Uh, I don't know what this permanent record thing is anyway. Um, I've never had an employer ask me, have you ever been suspended from from high school? school? (laughs) (laughs) You know, I mean, I'm not sure what the permanent record is and who it's important to. This isn't the first time that they've had problems with shirts. Like, um, throughout every year we'll have, like, a dress-up type day. And this year we had one that was favorite reality star. And one of my friends and his girlfriend, one said, had a shirt on that said, I'm the father, and the other one said, I'm the mother, and then, like, made it look so she was pregnant. And on the back said, 16 and pregnant. And he also banned that shirt from them wearing it as well. Mm, wow. Yeah, I w- <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say. I think there are a number of creative things that I'm sure I can't even think of right now that uh, that you guys could do. I remember when I was in school, we did something really mean to one of the teachers, and it's so ironic now <laughs> when I look back on it. Uh, we uh, we had a teacher, a Spanish teacher, who was a Quaker. Now, of course, I consider myself a Quaker now, right? <laughs> in high school, I didn't really know what a Quaker Not was. Not so much. But I knew I could make fun of her uh, because of some of her uh, her belief systems. And, you know, she was uh, pro-peace at the time. I was a punk-ass uh, kid, and I thought, you know, the military was pretty cool. And uh, and so, you know, we, we basically just made this woman's life very difficult. And I, looking back on it, I, I'm sorry about it. Uh, but, you know, at the time, it was fun. We were just having fun. 
And so we had Joan Baez Day, because Joan Baez apparently also was a Quaker. I didn't and, know she was a Quaker, but uh, she's certainly a peace advocate. Yeah. And so, you know, we somehow tied that into this woman and a bunch of kids. Like, one guy made uh, Quaker armor, and he took, like, par- parts of the Quaker oats boxes yeah, and like, made armor. And there was other things that were done, and there was a banner that some kids carried around. There was all this stuff that happened uh, around What did the banner say? I don't remember. Mark okay. Joan Baez Day or something like that. I mean, it, was, it wasn't so focused on the teacher. It was just focused on Joan Baez Day, which sort of was this veiled joke about the teacher. Uh, but there were all kinds of creative things that the kids came up with to uh, to join in on this. So I'm sure that if you uh, get together with some of your buddies, you can think up some fun stuff to do that would sort of skirt the line of what is and what is not acceptable. And worst case scenario, you're going to get Saturday school or something like that. Yeah. Facebook.freetalklive.com. Yeah, post it over there and find out what some other listeners think. And if you do end up doing something, please uh, report back. Let us know and take pictures. Thanks for the right, call, Tim. Do. Good luck, man. Thank we're you. We're coming up. This is Free Talk. Become a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 per month. You'll get perks, and you'll help us free more minds worldwide. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, and you can bring up anything you want. The toll-free number here is 855-453-1855-450-3733. You know, if you thought the hugging ban was bad, we've got another one for you. We'll share with you here in a little bit. 855-450-3733 can bring up your government school absurdities. And I'm sure there's some private school absurdities, too. You're welcome to, uh, to share any of those with us. Bitcoin's the world's first Potentially anonymous digital cash. With bitcoins, there are no contracts to sign or terms of service that you've got to abide by. Anyone can download the free bitcoin software. And Ian, I have a question here for you. Yes, sir. I you know, put the, bit, the free bitcoin software on my wife's computer. Mm-hmm. And then I restarted it again after, you know, I think it was months um, after putting it on there. She hadn't turned it on and used it or anything like that. Okay. And it needed to download a whole bunch of block information. And... Like really, just sort of, uh, you know, it just, it's going to take hours to in order to get it done. Does this need to be done when you download the free Bitcoin software, or do you just start up and you're working in minutes? It was pretty fast for me. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what that's all about. Well, it's not like I have the fastest connection in the world out there in the woods, and um, you know, I you know, this is a situation where I hadn't had the software on in quite some time, so I was just wondering about that. Gotcha. Bitcoins, you can send and receive money. For free, no fees, anywhere in the world without needing permission from any bank or government. Just had an advertiser pay in bitcoins recently and, you know, just a couple of days ago and just from uh, Japan to New Hampshire, no fees immediately or pretty close to immediately. Yep. To learn how, visit WeUseCoins.org. It's WeUseCoins.org. And now, thanks to BitInstant.com, you can have bitcoins in less than an hour by depositing cash at any major bank. To buy your bitcoins with cash, visit BitInstant.com. It's BitInstant.com. By the way, I almost forgot. guys are totally serious, by the way. Yeah. yeah. We're filled up with Christ's love. Give me that Christian side hug. These are the EG rules, so pay attention. It's 
no front hugs on you ain't that fly you ain't my drone stop and listen no front hugs and no kissing i ain't that scared to call your mama you'll be rolling home in a coma i got my crew you ain't got nothing no front hugs uh-uh-uh because uh-uh. we ain't bluffing now you ain't no rabbi you ain't no priest so rise up off me like the showbread with no yeast now it's inappropriate, he says, to a front hug. This was a church camp. This was done for a church camp, right? It's some kind of a conference. So what you don't see here, because we're on the radio, is... Uh, <laughs> some really bad the, rap dancing. <laughs> yeah, there's like a, a posse uh, that they have, approximately eight people. Of course, the uh, Christian side hug is where you put Nothing. one arm around someone that you're standing next to. That way there's no uh, grabbing or, uh, of anything important, etc. <laughs> right. Nothing looks more authentic than a middle-class white kid's rapping, by the way. We be side hugging every day and night. It's how we do, boo. This ain't no club. They said they were so rough riders. That's right, and the, the song starts out with uh, what sounds like gunshots. Yeah, and you hear the cops right. coming for your front hugging butt. Right. <laughs> so lame. Cause you don't know me. I'm buying babies like Angelina Jolie. All right, let's continue here with uh, with your phone calls. Let's talk to Kelly in Keene, our very own Keene, New Hampshire. Hey, Kelly. Hey, Ian. Kelly, you aren't That's administering hilarious. any front. You aren't administering any front hugs, are you? Um, not what? You're not administering to any front hugs, are you? Oh no! Satanic front not. hugs, right? That's right. <laughs> Satan is in the front hug. Yeah, exactly Sa- right. Satan, when you're front hugging, Satan's in between. That is part of the lyrics, is it not? I have no idea, okay. but it should be. <laughs> oh, it's against hugging. Well, yeah. Well, I, you must have just tuned in. Uh, we were talking I did about just a, tune in, we were yes. talking about a school uh, earlier that uh, has banned hugging, and uh, they're not the only school that uh, that has done this. And that it it kind of brought us back to 2009 when we were talking about the Christian side hug, which is a rap video that you can easily find by going to YouTube and searching for Christian side hug. Anyway, what were you calling about tonight? <laughs> Hilarious. It is, um, so is. I was calling about um, the call flood um, that um, we're holding tomorrow to um, keep um, me, uh, you, and Derek J out of the cage. Oh, um, yes. That's a fine idea. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, it says right here on the Facebook event that we have 103 people who are going to call. Wow. And, I mean, just think about the impact that could have if 100 people are picking up the phone and calling the... Uh, who are they calling, yeah, and what are they going to say when they call? Um, well, they have to call. I'll, tell, I'll give you the number first. Telephone numbers don't really work on uh, on the radio. It, it'd be easier. You put it up at oh, freekeen.com, okay. did you not? Yes, it's on freekeen.com, and right. there's a Facebook event that say, I didn't know that. I'm sorry. That's all right. Um, anywho, um, so uh, what, 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 what I'm saying is that um, we want everyone to uh, call John Webb from the Cheshire County Attorney's Office and demand that Cheshire County actually does the right thing and drops the criminal charges against um, myself, Kelly Voluntarius, you, Ian, and also Derek J. Yep. Um, and we're talking about action. for the arrests. Uh, you're talking about for the arrests that uh, were, were made against us for so-called trespassing at court, uh, where you yes. and I were arrested for trying to go in and do business, and Derek J was arrested yes. for standing outside. 
Uh, and yeah. so the suggestion is maybe to, to, you know, bring a bunch of people on their phone lines tomorrow and, and let them know that uh, it's not appreciated what uh, what it is that they're doing. This is conceivably yeah. the most uh, ill-conceived and egregious overstep of quote-unquote justice that has occurred in Keene, yeah. New Hampshire yet. Do you think so? Yeah. My God, they arrested two people for going into court in order to do court business and one person for Aww. standing on the sidewalk for God knows what. Yeah, just because he's Derek Thanks, J. And- Mark. I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah, I hear yeah, It's really unconscionable. I mean, I can't believe that they're they're doing this. So, uh, so the instructions uh-huh. are at freekeen.com. There's been a few posts since then, though, so you may have to scroll down the page a little bit. Uh, but mm-hmm. the, what uh, what's it called? Uh, what's the the article uh, entitled? Do you happen to know? Uh, keep Kelly, Ian, and Derek J. out of the cage. Call flood. There you go. And it's happening all day during business hours tomorrow. So uh, so like 8 to 4 yeah. Eastern time. Basically. So it lights up his mm-hmm. phone for one day. Is that going to be enough? Well, we got to start somewhere. Yeah, yeah. One, I, You know, it's it's cool. But I just wonder, um, you know, I mean, yeah. who knows? Well, I mean, he's going to have a bunch of voicemails, I presume. He'll probably fill up his uh, his voicemail box if enough people uh, take part. And odds are good he's going to stop answering the phone after the first few calls. Oh, so. I suspect. Yeah. yeah, he's going to unplug the phone. <laughs> um, but yeah, he should do the right thing, and maybe this will encourage him to do the right thing. Otherwise, we're all going to trial in April, and uh, we'll, of course, let this you know. This is truly a waste of yeah. uh, keen taxpayer money. We'll, we'll let you know what, uh, what happens uh, as uh, as time goes on. If Kelly- Webb uh, goes for this, it's obviously you know because he's in cahoots with the, uh, the, the sheriff who doesn't want you guys in the building. Right. I mean, look, if the sheriff doesn't want you in the building, he shouldn't be in the building where the court is. Well, I plan on subpoena the sheriff uh, for my trial and getting him on the stand to uh, ask him some interesting questions about how he can ban someone from the entire courthouse property for a so-called persistent harassment when no one has ever been convicted or charged with harassment of any kind. That's what I'd like to know. So, uh, Kelly, anything else you want to share? Question. Um, no, you guys really covered it all. Yeah, except please um, take the time to uh, call up John Webb tomorrow and tell him that me, Ian, and Derek J. do not belong in cages for walking into a public courthouse. And the phone so. number is at freekeen.com. Just scroll on down. And thanks, Kelly, for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing Thank from you. you at 855-450-FREE. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. As we continue here, uh, we'll, of course, take your calls even in the remaining moments. Enough time for you and your thoughts. This is Free Talk Live. Technology is created that upends the foundations of society. The wheel, the printing press, the internet. Now, in a world sliding into financial chaos, a new technology is changing the way monetary systems work around the world. It is called Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a new form of money, controlled not by banks, governments, or corporations, but through mutual commerce between free individuals. To learn more, visit WeUseCoins.com. Give me that Christian side hug, that Christian side hug. Give me that Christian side hug, that Christian side hug. Give me that Christian side hug, that Christian side hug. Give me that Christian side hug, that Christian side hug. Give me that Christian side hug, that Christian side hug. Give me that
I cannot get enough of that asininity. You know I can't hold hands. Front hug all day long with no other demands. But I ask for all of you until you say I do. No front hug in or PDA or your EG time is through. He just said that you can't have a front hug until you say I do. So if you end up here, then go ahead and scream it. When I hug people, I leave room for the Holy Spirit. And she's front hug bound without looking her eyes. You better turn to the side, pat her on the back. Jesus never hugged. Buddy like that. Really? What was that? I didn't hear. Jesus never hugged nobody like that. Yeah. Is any kind of historical context for that? I think they're done with the lyrics portion of the uh, the song, but yeah, just go on with it. So he says if uh, if she's got that front hugging look in her eye, you better step to the side and you know give her a Christian side hug because Jesus never hugged nobody like that. God, God, and more gunshots at the it end. It just reminds me, and they me all fall dead. By the way, Christian school. The kind of, you know, the things they just got so all wrapped up in. Christianity today, 2,000 years later, looks nothing like Christianity did in the first and second centuries. Nothing. Anyway, I just wanted to share the rest of the song with you. 855-450-FREE. That's the toll-free number here. Uh, Let's continue with you and your thoughts. So we'll go to Jack listening in Motor City, Michigan. Jack, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, hey, guys. Hey, Jack. Speaking of that. Say again? um, The clergy that you brought up about Christianity, and I've been hearing about these clergy response teams that are, uh, what, secretly reporting on congregation members who might happen to be gun rights enthusiasts, uh, you know, veterans, uh, Ron Paul supporters. And they're uh, reporting them to the government? Yeah, this this was reported uh, by John Rappaport, No More Fake News, uh, Alex Jones. I Um, haven't heard this at all. That doesn't make us mean it's not true. Uh, Text Mars, Jersey mm-hmm. World. Um, they said, yeah, threat fusion centers were created uh, during uh, the Bush Laden administration. And then it's been carried over into what we now have witnessed with uh, uh, NDAA, where, uh, and who knows, Andrew Breitbart could very well have been the first victim of the NDAA's. Uh, provision for taking out what is deemed to be an enemy of the state. Uh, well, it's, it's all very uh, conspiratorial. It's conspiratorial, and- but who knows, right? I mean, like at this point, the Obama administration has said that American citizens can be assassinated and yeah. that it's okay. Obviously, they're not going to tell you when they said, assa- well, this is the assassination list. They're not going to put that out. So who yeah. knows? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And Mark, here's the deal. What about Congress? They had, they're they the ones who actually, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, constructed the NDAA, and, and they did so with the provision from uh, whoever the Attorney General is that they wanted holder. that. Yeah, Holder. That they, the guy from Fast and Furious. Uh, he's the guy that actually authorized Fast and Furious, you know, the, the gun drug smuggling operation. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so uh, Congress is complicit in this. And strangely, what, a couple weeks ago, it was also announced that uh, this guy Walter Jones, Congressman North Carolina, and a couple other of his colleagues have introduced impeachment proceedings against the president for authorizing the, the, the Secretary of Defense Panetta and the Pentagon to uh, essentially uh, uh, ignore uh, Congress's control of the military. And, and that's been pretty hushed up. But, you know, uh, it's like you said, are they ever going to tell the you're never going to tell people, yeah, like you said, here's our assassination list for the next yeah. you know, six months. <laughs> right. Or so, who we assassinated. You're not going to get a post, post uh, posthumous uh, assassination list either. Yeah, so that's, it's that's ludicrous. True. Pro- probably true. So uh, what do we yeah, do with all so, this information then? Well, uh, you know, I called in. I told your, your, your call screener that uh, I came on to some uh, evidence regarding uh, – contracted debt. So uh, say I go in for whatever loan, um, say a mortgage, and I sign a promissory note. The promissory note that I created with my uh, autograph as an authorized signature is deposited as a cash deposit in a new account in my name. And then the bank issues a line of credit uh, you know, or, or bank draft against that newly established account with that promissory note, deposit it as a cash deposit. And then they convert that into a security asset, which they sell to investors. And then I'm supposed to pay them principal and interest for the money that I created. Right. I see what you're, well, well, you didn't saying, create it. Um, the Federal Reserve created it, and they did it with your signature, there's no doubt. But the bank's still liable for that. Well, right. I, I see what you're saying. You're saying that the the money system is a scam, and that the way that loans yeah. are op- the way that loans operate are really weird. In that, as you're saying, when you sign the line on the loan, you're authorizing the bank to essentially to use their fractional reserve powers that are granted to them by the Federal Reserve Bank uh, system to essentially create the money that is then loaned to you out of thin air. And yes, this is uh, an extension of how the Federal Reserve system works, and it's weird and it's bizarre, and and that's the way it is. Is, unfortunately, and I, I thank you, uh, Jack, for the call. I would recommend that we get rid of the Federal Reserve System and have uh, true, true free market money uh, that is you know, based on what the market demands and what people want, whether that would end up being bitcoins or silver or gold or something we don't even know right now, some sort of combo or you know, various different things. Who knows? But freedom is the answer. What's the question? Let's continue here with Kelvin in Colorado on the Amp Lines. Kelvin. Hey, guys. Hey. How's it going? What's on your mind tonight, Calvin? Hey, uh, uh, let's see. I was going to say something to Kelly, but she's probably gone now. Uh, regarding that uh, Christian side hunt thing, uh, I've been divorced for a couple of years now and haven't had a uh, womanly, intimate friend in some time. Uh, but I do have a few casual, non-intimate type uh, female friends. And let me tell you, I really love it when I get a hug from them, uh, you know, lacking the human physical contact, as I do. Uh, and uh, one of my friends is a pretty strong Christian, and she's always giving me this weird hug, sort of off to the side, uh, <gasps> with, like minimal body contact. 
And I've always thought, you know, gee, that's like really strange. What a ripoff. Never really... <laughs> now <laughs> you know. Jesus yeah, never would have hugged anyone much. from the front. Yeah, so thank you very much for now. I now I understand. So yeah, t- take it, uh, take some time and go and visit uh, Christian side hug. Search for that on YouTube, and uh, you can see the video. It's absurd. I thank you for the call tonight, Kelvin. Let's go talk to Josh in uh, Joshua in Oklahoma. Joshua, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Oh, so many fun topics tonight. Pick one. Um, I, but well, I, there's like four of them I could hit on, but for time's sake, I. I called because I have some information for Ian and uh, Kelly on their uh, upcoming case and how to use this information. Okay. Um, I, the, as the states were being informed, the, the Supreme Court ruled early on that the states have to give you the same protections in their constitutions as you have against the federal government. Okay. So there's not one state playing lucid than everybody else. Um, Title 18 U.S. Code Section, it's either 240 or 241, makes it a felony to conspire to oppress or intimidate anyone in the exercise of any of their constitutional rights. Mm. You have the right to petition the government, which means going to the courthouse. They they might choose to put a deputy on each side to escort you everywhere you go there, but they can't keep you out. And what was that Title 18 what? Section either 240 or 241. Okay. Well, thanks for the clue, Joshua. I appreciate hearing right, from you right, tonight. Right. you got to know how to use that. Well, I, I don't have time, unfortunately, at the moment, uh, but I appreciate your call tonight, and thank you very much. Uh, we are going to continue tomorrow night, though, at uh, freetalklive.com. You can join us online in the meantime as well. Once again, that's freetalklive.com. You can bring up anything you want tomorrow. Available now, four new songs from Raja Mojo. Raja Mojo. That's R-A-J-A-M-O-J-O. Raja Mojo. today at Amazon, iTunes, Napster, and at a discount at cdbaby.com. 